when you're listening to stuff, you pick up things and you mm. subconsciously you wouldn't even realize that you're of picking them up. Yeah. But there you are. The lads are going to kill me now. I'll give them the secret out about this. Unless they're tuned into a mental health podcast, Billy, I'd say you're already. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably pretty safe. Mental health. Mental health. Mental health. This is Straight Talking Mental Health and we're all about tackling everyday mental health issues and the reason we're straight talking mental health is that we just cut to the point and tackle these issues head on. My name is Peter Dunn and the psychotherapist is Nikki Clark's brother and uh, we have Adina's little brother Cameron as well joining us which is lovely. <laughs> Thanks very much Laura's husband. God, I throw back to last week's episode. Yeah. I love living in the shadows of others. <laughs> And today, yeah. along with uh, uh, along with the esteemed siblings, you're going to hear Paw Patrol in the background because I have my little man on the podcast as well, and he's doing very good to stay quiet for now because he's just glued to the telly in the background. Uh, stick him on the go. stick him on the credits, will we? So he gets production oh, and he gets well, fucking yeah. DJ Khaled did with his kid or something. I always thought we should it's get royalties. James from Paw Patrol on this show. I bet he'd have some go. stories to tell. I know, I, I'm, I'm more of a Marshall man myself. You know. Marshall? The fucking... Marshall, yeah. I'll, 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 I watched that show and all I could think about was, what is his insurance premium? Because that fucking Marshall lad's a fucking nightmare. But, you know, I've often sat there, you know, you're watching kids' cartoons and you're going... Where do they get the funding for this? You know, they got these big, crazy vehicles, big towers that they come out of and everything. Yeah. But we brought the kids to the cinema uh, a couple of weeks ago to yeah, see the, the new movie. Paw Patrol movie. Mm. And actually, <laughs> there's a line in it about where to get their funding. <laughs> because I swear to God, your man Ryder, who's like over mm. the Paw Patrol. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're, they're saying something like, uh, you know, how can we afford this? And he pulls out these T-shirts. Paw Patrol t-shirt and said Merch. oh well we we pay for them through the merchandise and I'm sitting there to the cinema going okay you told me that's fair enough do you reckon do you reckon our merch will do so well that we'll yeah. be able to buy straight talking mental health cars oh, and a tower when we get merch cave <laughs> and people can just you know shine the the logo up to the sky and you'll go yeah the SEMH needs symbol somebody needs me yeah. <laughs> oh my god a guest wants to be on the show quick <laughs> there's mental health trouble in Longford <laughs> to the SEMH cave it'll be now. grand it's only Longford it'll be grand <laughs> I'm only joking to all our Longfordians who are tuned in Longfordians Longfordians all I don't know that it takes live in the county good. Huh? All five that live in the county. <laughs> Who would That's meet Leitrim, you live in the county? <laughs> uh, anyway, you this back, week, <laughs> thank you very much. It's great to be back. Uh, as I was saying to you there, I'm trying to dip back in as much as I can, but work is just mental. Absolutely mental lately. Mm. So I'm kind of. No time. No time. Yeah. No time to just do what I want to do. Life, grown up <laughs> shit, man. Life, grown up shit is right. Um. But uh, yeah, good to be back and uh, looking forward to uh, chatting to Billy McGuinness later on because we're going to be straight talking this crazy world. Aslan's Billy, Billy McGuinness is going to join us later on. I look forward to it. Aslan are just a, a national treasure. You know, mm. they've had their, their fair share of, of highs and lows and they're still belting out the tunes. I think almost 30 years later. We'll double check with Billy later anyways. Yeah, 30 years. Um, so there you go. Anyway, before we go any further, if you haven't already, you can check us out on social media, on Twitter. At, who changed the Twitter handle? I changed it. Cameron's suggestion. 
Oh, well, thanks that was a good for, one. Th- 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 thanks for asking me. Yeah, well, you're a fucking gun. What do you think? As <laughs> well, co-founder of the podcast, what I, do you think heard, about this? I haven't heard me about four months. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe if you listen to the, the podcast, you'd notice yeah. this, this has been in the works for a few weeks. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm too busy listening to other podcasts. Yeah, there you go. There's a fucking ringing endorsement. Don't even listen to the fucking podcast I help start up. Of course I do. I get an exclusive listen to it. You do. I you get, get to listen drive. to it before it goes out. Well, that's one less fucking stream on Spotify. <laughs> I know I still stream it again just to make sure we get one number <laughs> he just doesn't listen he just plays yeah, yeah. and puts it on just mute. plays in the background like Kim Kardashian with Kanye West's new album <laughs> uh, what's the new Twitter handle it's straight STMH STMH podcast nice to have you on Carmack do you have anything you want to say no it's still talking more sense to me yeah He's gone shy. <laughs> um, anyway, check us out on Twitter. You can get us on Facebook, Instagram, or you can click stmhpodcast.com. And as I've seen in the past, by sharing the pages on the podcast, by telling your story, you can help us reach more people. And the more we can reach, the more we can help. Any crack, lads? Alan, start with you. Start with me. Any crack? Back a physio there during the week. Back still facts fucked. So just being old again. That's just mm-hmm. <laughs> old and working. Uh, do you not do regular exercises to try and help? So that's that's or? the problem, and that's well, it's kind of going to be one of my half of my smiles as well. I just get so fucking disheartened because, like, what's point? It's like I'm trying to condition myself, trying to build it up, and then you get an injury again. It's like, what's the fucking point? This is just mm. so disheartening. Um, so that's 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 what's been happening with me this week. Outside of that, just work and. Um, I was asked to go back and do another play, so I have to oh, weigh yeah. up the options on that, whether I'll tread the boards again or maybe just give a dig out directing, because uh, I don't think I don't think I have the time. So I was talking to a client during the week, she listens to the podcast, um, I have a listener and uh, she's involved in a drama group as well, and she's like, oh, we're back and we're on stage, I was like, oh, geez, that's great. Uh, all, all accommodations being made, um, and I was like, I just don't know if I have the time it's like oh you know I should do it you know it's great you know you know, you get a lot from it I was like well I can do it but I'll have to stop doing the podcast she's like no 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 <laughs> stick with the podcast never mind the play you're, you're grand <laughs> Peter we, we might we might need you back for a few weeks <laughs> yeah grand uh, that's or, or come here I'll just direct the play I don't mind I'll... <laughs> it, anybody can do it like it's only directing yeah. <laughs> what's been going on with you man you're, you're the one that's been gone for ages what's been happening with you um, what's been happening I, I don't forget what I, I I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning never mind remember what's been going on with me I'm sure it was something healthy um, uh, no, no. Ah, yeah, it was actually fried eggs um, let me see oh I went to Tato Park and for the first time yeah it was brilliant I was yeah. really really impressed now you know um uh, like to, for anybody outside Ireland, Tato Park is our our only um, amusement park, like adventure park, mm-hmm. uh, adventure park. What would you call it? The roller coasters and amusement park. Is it really the only one? It is. Yeah, yeah. It's the only one. It's the only place we have a roller coaster in this country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ireland, a roller coaster worth going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, it's called Cucullen, and I. I remember going like I've been to I've been to Disneyland, I've been to Universal, I've been to the big one in Toronto, I've been to uh, Port Aventura, 
um, Alton Towers, and I, I'm I'm just a whore for the the roller coasters. Oh, really? I really oh, love fucking them. Absolutely hate them. love them. <laughs> I've been but on two in my life, and that was enough. <laughs> really? Oh, no. The ex, the ex convinced me we were in Barcelona. She so convinced me. He's like, "Oh, get on this one. This is great." So I'm sitting on this roller coaster to strap you in, and next thing the fucking thing starts going backwards. And you start getting elevated. Oh, lovely. About 50 meters into the air, and you're dangling, and your legs yeah. and arms are just dangling, and then bang! You <laughs> fucking took off. I love so it. I got, I I got off that one. Like that. And I was like, oh, I was fucking shook. She's like, oh, we'll get this one. It was like a DC one or something. It's like, well, oh, we'll get on this one. Got on. Puke <laughs> me ring up. You did that. Like, you know, oh, yeah. Oh, all over the fucking place. <laughs> Grown so man was getting sick on a roller coaster. Yeah, it's fucking discombobulated, man. <laughs> me inner ear. Uh, Puke me ring up. That was the last one I got on. So I was walking around, and even she was like, oh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not mm. great. Those, those last two were fucking pretty bad ones. So I was like, right. So we were walking around, kind of started to settle down a little bit, go into this. Uh, she's like, what's this? And it's in Spanish. And obviously, you know, if you're over in Spain, no one speaks English. There's no instructions in English. It's like, oh, it's the haunted house. We'll go in here. So you go into the haunted house and you're sitting around and it's like this big banquet hall and there's, a, you know, the big banquet table. And then you're kind of sitting in what looked like pews in a, in a church. And we're sitting in them and uh, we're sitting there and there's ghosts and there's holograms and there's all this kind of stuff like and then this fucking dad comes out and he's speaking in Spanish putting his fucking hands up in the air and we're like what the fuck is he saying so we kind of look around and everyone is putting their hands up in the air and touching their thumbs up over their head next thing this fucking thing clamps down on top of us the whole fucking room starts spinning around. <laughs> I was yeah. four four seconds away, and I was like, "I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna puke, I'm gonna puke, I'm gonna puke." But I just I was that, so I was like, "Never again." No. Yeah, they mess with your head, them ones. You into roller coasters, Cam? I don't mind them. I'm um, kind of in between. You know, I can get on them sometimes, but I wouldn't mm. be um, like dying to go to an amusement park just so I can get on a roller coaster. But if I'm at yeah. one, I'll um, I'll get on them. I'm yeah. not um, as soft as you were. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Just because I get sick on a roller coaster, that makes them soft. So you shit the bed, and you get I sick on roller coasters. Shit the bed. Fuck off! I did puke after a roller coaster. Two <laughs> after two roller coasters. So I definitely, I definitely did do that one. But nah, I've no, no interest in them. It just, just I, I don't see. It's like, why would I do that? It just makes me feel sick. It's for the adrenaline. No Makes no fucking sense. It's like when you used to run away ass. from the guards when you were younger, it was just for adrenaline. Not that you ran away from the guards, of course, because you're very well behaved. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging yourself here, left, right, center. <laughs> Want to drop some dirt on your sister while you're at it? <laughs> you know, like when you knock on people's doors and run away. Like we, call, yet, it, we, we call it knickknacking. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, it was something. Some. Yeah, some. Yeah, like the only reason you did that yeah. was to get adrenaline. Mm. Like realistically, why would you just go up and you know bait on someone's door? And yeah, run away. get the chase. And yeah. it's no fun when they just don't answer the door. Yeah, they make it off. They got you dickheads. You just took all their yeah. fun away. How dare you not come to the door when we kick it, <laughs> asshole? You kick it. Well, you know, sometimes the knock isn't enough. You know, if it's a big heavy door, you have to. Jesus Christ! You know, give it a welly. There's me thinking you're a nice, mature young man. Well, th- I was like 15. <laughs> There's me thinking you're a nice, mature young teenager. Yeah. <laughs> this this is no different than rappers talking with shooting people back in the day. Yeah, that's true. I, never I, I, I can't people. get done for anything. <laughs> um, anyway, as I was saying to you, we were in Tato Park. 
<laughs> Sorry, Alan, for, you cut across there. You know for, what I mean? For, for you're, everyone, you're, you're, Peter, <laughs> Peter took a phone call. He was having Cammy fill the void and just the seamlessly silence. jumped straight back in there. What a great um, transition. <laughs> there you go. Flawed. But, uh, yeah, no, that was cool. I, uh, yeah, Ku Cullen was. I thought, this is, it's a wooden roller coaster. And it's mm. like, you know, the second, it's the second highest invert in Europe or something has got ah lads you're trying to sell this you're <laughs> clutching it's a like roller here. coaster like. yeah but uh, I went I up on it I, was, I, <laughs> I I thought it was brilliant yeah. I t- it was Bring one of the, the better ones I've ever been on but uh, you know up at the very top and I thought to myself I'm going to have to make this worthwhile I'm going to stick the two arms in the air on the way down <laughs> and my Jesus I got I got that tickle in my tummy and for a second the head went oh hold on here for a second hold on you're, you're a little bit out of your depth now. <laughs> but uh, it was brilliant I really enjoyed it and I can't wait to go back but I was just like a kid there it was excellent but is there much you more see, in it or is it just a roll oh yeah there's a good bit in it there's a good bit for kids it? and all that as well and uh, ah Cormac don't pull <laughs> that cable <laughs> not touch that don't cut us off just knocked over a lamp um, but uh, yeah no it was good crack really enjoyed it um but uh, you see, I'm the only one who gets on these things. Laura is, well, like you, Alan, won't get on them, but she mm. seriously will not get on anything. So mm. anytime we've gone anywhere, do you know when they take a picture of you when you're going <laughs> down just, the drop? It's just fucking no mate's pee. No, it's, it's normally me and Juan, you know, beside each other. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's why I'm kind of, I'm getting the kids ready. For the, mm. the roller coaster because I want a picture with them on it, prepping them, you know, <laughs> prepping them, yeah, building them up, you know, just, yeah, just every morning they have to eat their bread on that fucking roller coaster one day. Oh, exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, showing them videos on YouTube, you know, from your perspective of a roller coaster, yeah. you know, what I mean? Great, preparing them, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, should know it's just normally normally me on me, which it's actually it, it's all right because sometimes you get to skip the queue. Because if you're near the top, people are going. How many in your group? You. How many in your group? And they're like, uh, how many? How many here? I'm like one. Just two. One. All right. Well, look, Aww. you come on up here. We've a place for you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's like when you're doing your food shopping and you've only got like a small basket and there's someone with trolleys in front of you and they're like, oh, go on ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I, what's the worst part of that? When yeah. they don't fucking let you. Yeah. You're sitting when, there when with, they pretend with not two to items see and there's yeah. somebody yeah. with a kind of lightery and a half making out. sure to see you. Yeah. And you're like, I remember. <laughs> I normally do that. I normally let somebody with a basket or a couple of things go in front because I'm normally yeah. packing the stuff out. Plus, if it's little or Aldi, it gives you time to rearrange everything. You know what I mean? Mm. So you can just toss it in the trolley. Don't have to go to the bench and pack it. But mm. I remember one day there was a woman behind me and I was about to say to her, you skip on. And she goes, Oh, I've only a couple of bits here. And oh, I thought you're definitely like, not going to. You can fucking <laughs> <wait>. <laughs> 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 fucking right. Was <laughs> well, uh, it pretty schooly by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> well, she can definitely fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired at me, ma. <laughs> In all likelihood, it probably was. <laughs> Straight well, talking, mammy issues. <laughs> um, I actually, I, I started a new hobby. Funny enough, oh, I yeah? said I'm, I'm going to do something completely different. It's something like I've, I've, I've never done before. No, I've done that before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> something I've never done before. So uh, I went went to start it there last Sunday, and I got to the door, and I was told no you're not getting in what do you mean I'm not getting in your payment has bounced you're not allowed in here oh, for fuck's sake 
I said, look, I came all the way to Manchester to do a dance class, and now you're telling me <laughs> I, can't, I can't do what I want to do. That's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous what do you think Cammy? <laughs> you know, imagine to enough, deny a man a dance class you know it's pff, I don't know you know funnily <laughs> enough I got asked about a dance class in Manchester as well but I didn't want to go <laughs> oh, for anyone that oh, well. hasn't heard Cameron's car was card was skimmed a couple of weeks ago and someone was trying to pay for dance classes in, in Manchester turns out it was P <laughs> yeah. uh, next time next time <laughs> good on you Peter for trying to improve yeah well look that's all I want to do but sure Cameron thanks for standing in my way that's all I'll say you know I could have been, I could have been on Broadway by now but you're not killing it's, a man's dream it's well, not a journey without <laughs> obstacles Peter you need to know, you need to realise that I'm getting old now yeah but I don't want to spend my own money I want to spend other people's money <laughs> no the obstacle is only trying once <laughs> well now you have it yeah <laughs> what's been going on with you Cammy? yeah it's been a busy week busy week even though you weren't working no I've, I've actually well Technically, I've had a week off, but my sister's home from England with my nephew, so it, there's been a lot of um, going taxing. to places, yeah, and taxiing, <laughs> and going for meals, and bringing the child places, and doing other stuff. So, oh my god! You got a special guest. We have a special guest in the house. We have Cormac. Hi, Cormac. And there's Alan, and there's Cameron. Do you want to say hello? Hello. Hello, hello buddy. <laughs> Show me your doggy. Your doggy. We have a doggy and a teddy. There you go. Ah, oh, there. Oh Lovely. Now goes nowhere without them. They're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you want to sing us a song? Do you want to sing? I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. <laughs> <laughs> he loves the original by Real to Real. Real to Real. Yeah, he listen, does... James has that on his list. I think James has that on the Spotify list. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they got them plucky eyebrows. He <laughs> <laughs> funny. The money, choking away, pretending to be shy. Sorry, Cammy, you were saying there. <laughs> Peter, can he even hear what's home. going on? He's, you've got the headphones on. He's better hearing than I do. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Turned up to the maximum. Peter just has two speakers stuck to his head. <laughs> Sell it to my head. Yeah. <laughs> Your sister's home, Cam. What, you, what have you been sister's doing? Sister's home. Ah, there's just, you know, everyone Spend wants to go for breakfast. Yeah, oh, fuck me. <laughs> for those who don't know, I am not a happy man when it comes to spending money. I don't like doing it, but this week has just been a fucking joke. Oh, no. There's a child coming up the stairs. That's kids all over the gaff. We're surrounded by kids. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and the one making the most nice is my one. <laughs> there he come. Correct and true. <laughs> correct, you are correct, sir. It's all kicking off in everyone's house. Oh, my God. Fuck it, kids, man. This is why I don't want to have kids. <laughs> How do you get, any, get anything done? Oh, you yeah, uh, with great difficulty. <laughs> it's not even my kid. I've been home for five days. I have not had a chance to do anything. <laughs> yeah, you'd be lost without him. You'd be lost without yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Would you really? Yeah. <laughs> um, about that. Yeah. We do some smiles and riles. Do some smiles and riles. We should probably do something that we normally do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, we had um, 
Andrew. Andrew's been making. We've mentioned Andrew a couple of weeks. So Andrew has been working his way through the through the back catalogue on Twitter at STMH Podcasts. Just listen to episode thirty nine. I don't think you realise how much of an impact your podcast is having. It's down to earth with real life experience, and most importantly, it is accessible. So. Thanks very much, Ryan. Oh, episode thirty nine P for you that can't remember because I couldn't remember and I had to look it up as well. <laughs> was Sean on our borderline personality? Oh yeah, it was a great episode. Sean, had, yeah, Sean had some great story. story. Absolutely, yeah, that was yeah. that was uh, eye opening. <laughs> yeah, at the best of times. Yeah, and, of course, Sean uh, does his own um, podcast as well. Yeah, that's it's, right. Uh, yeah. You, me, you, and BPD, BPD or something, something like yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. I think it's but um, yeah, it's, it's hard not to go to the yeah. Then with BP, BPD, I know. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you know me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Every time I see the initials, <laughs> yeah, then with BPD, yeah, you fucking know I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so no, Andrew, Andrew's working his way through them, and he said it's so good. There is an episode that I listened to that hasn't made me think about my own behaviors that's, that's great theory great. yeah 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 we're all about self-improvement and veronica had responded to one of the one of the quote posts that we put up from verlin uh about verlin was continuously depressed for 15 years didn't even know it oh yeah <laughs> he, got, he got so used to feeling that way uh and i had said sometimes you just get used to to feel not great, it can become normal. And Veronica said, as a victim of domestic violence and abuse in a marriage from hell, it took me five years to finalize the divorce decree. 30,000 crooked solicitors stole my life savings. Like no one to turn to her help whatsoever. Thankfully, what? I fought so hard and I eventually got through. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Tough old gone. Yeah. Big mm. time. Well, on a, on a brighter so note, we did have somebody um, appreciate your human tube joke. Yes. <laughs> you oh, <that>. yeah. <laughs> All the fucking slagging you do. And what, what is it? What is it that people are saying? <laughs> now you have to make me go and look for that now. Uh, yes, yeah, see, I have it up, but... You, oh, well, you, you, call you, it out then. No, you, you've ran your mouth now. It's Go on, go do it. <laughs> You're going to clap. I'm a fucking clap back, motherfucker. <laughs> that was from Mark. Is that right? I'm trying to That's remember the off one, the top yeah. of my head. Yeah, what did, what did Mark say? Mark said, I'm still laughing at the thought of being a fancy human tube in response to your your post about <laughs> editing the podcast on a Friday. Yeah. yeah, conception begins, you're an anus, and then, you know, the yeah, mouth let, develops, let's and knock it you're a tube, again. and everything just develops around it. Just a, just a fancy tube. Then you have some people whose anus are still attached to their mouth. Yeah, you still talk out their arse. Yeah, they, they the haven't developed up. properly. Alan's one of them. <laughs> I fucking knew you were going to say it. I was like, I'm not even going to cut in because I know I wasn't going, going to go, go there. No, fair play. Yeah, you just, yeah. it's all right, Cam. You go for the low hanging fruit. Like, that's 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 all right. <laughs> Why make your life difficult when you don't need to? Yeah, yeah I've been fucking wondering that since I had children. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, you're the one who has kids. Yeah. <laughs> We haven't heard from you in a while. Oh, before you before we get there, last week um, the episode with Neve. Mm. That was an eye opener. That uh, was sad. That was fucking. That was yeah, sad. it's yeah, something you never really so take into consideration. Um, you yeah. know the carers, but the carers go through. You know, mm. um, but one thing, one thing you didn't ask, where I uh, I was kind of screaming at the computer, going, "Ask this!" Was how does that affect you know relationships? You know, if you're going out and you meet somebody, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, they're not in a relationship with you, they're in a relationship with you and the person you're caring for. 
Mm, That's yeah. very, very difficult for anybody to deal with, you know. I think I, I touched on it a little bit and that you know, had a client I was told that would be responsible for their uh, for their brother who required care and was basically told, well, you know, you're just going to have to meet someone local and, you know, you won't be able to, if, if you meet someone from overseas, they're just going to have to move here and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. Very difficult, very, yeah, very difficult horrific. situation and very sad for, you know, for, for Neve that, you know, her, her own life just got put on hold just as she was mm. trying to separate in her own sense from from her twin and and they were so close and she's lost that sister bond that she had, that twin bond, you know, because mm. they were very close. It was a very it was a very sad story and um thankfully thankfully Neve did therapy the second time round mm. and did it for herself. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so there you go. Have listened back to the last episode if you haven't heard it. It's um it's a great story, but it's often a story that goes untold. But you know, have listened yeah, back to the episode. De- definitely different to what we usually talk about. We we rarely talk about the people who are affected by other people's mental health. Mm, exactly. It's kind of normally yeah, the people yeah. that are affected directly by it. Yeah, mm. and that's one of the reasons we set up the podcast was how can people help other people? You know, mm. you may have good mental health, you may be in a good place, but it's your brother or sister, your partner, your wife, your husband, you know, your yeah. parents colleagues friends you know how do we recognize it how do we look after them but that's that's the great thing about the, the podcast and the great thing why and why we always encourage listeners to reach out with their story because i would have never thought to do an episode in sibling care mm. <laughs> you know yeah. and that's yeah. wouldn't have even crossed my mind no and million percent that's that's going to resonate with someone else who's in that same position absolutely and i'm yeah. sure there's a lot of people out there who are like that it's just not us so we wouldn't yeah. think about it same mm. as well. what was the other one we were suggesting as well the the impact of on mental health of birth control yeah for for women you yeah know? something actually touched on cody touched on you know so we still have to get someone on like that to hear yeah hear some stories because neither of us can talk on that true yeah we've got a few yeah. topics lined up now yeah kind of got ourselves prepared for a couple of weeks good stuff for a change yeah, <laughs> yeah. Change. it's nor- <laughs> it's normally myself and alan text each other on monday or tuesday who, who do we get on yeah. <laughs> Scrambling. Um, anyway, smiles and riles. Who wants smiles to and riles, It's been a while for you. Come on, you're, um, you're, you're the guest basically at this point. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> let me see. Um, riles, do you know what's? Do you know what's pissed me off lately? The wasps. Oh fuck uh, me! Tell me that one. Oh, oh, fuck me! <laughs> Try everywhere. having a girlfriend that's terrified of them. <laughs> But oh, in, in fairness, at this stage, they're kind of slow moving. So you, you can whack oh, one with your yeah, hand. The, the and really really does I, I managed to drop kick one yesterday, which was great. And he was struggling on the <laughs> ground. I stood on him and I thought to myself, just, I'm, you know, I'm going to use my foot for this whole process. Just and I just crunch. flicked him out the back door. <laughs> I, I've got a skylight in my room and I don't know what it is about having the skylight, but they fucking love coming in through it. <laughs> Any other window oh. in the house, they don't really like it. But skylights, they're yeah. just like, oh fuck me, the fucking windows open. Let's go, <laughs> go, 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 attack, attack. Yeah. One of the, one of the garden groups um, that I have on Facebook. Did you and, say you know, People are saying like, I know, yeah, well, I like my garden. Um, people are saying like, you know, how to keep the away, and all these all these people were giving tips on how to get it. And then of course, there's someone else going, oh, they're very important pollinators, and there's like, what? there's always fucking. I don't know what they're pollinators, are they? Oh, they are, yeah. Oh, I, I don't give a fuck. Wasps can do whatever they want to do. Just get out of my house when you're yeah, doing yeah. it. I don't mind. Yeah, you can sit in the garden. Yeah, very, very, very much. 
Yeah, very yeah. much from the attitude of don't fucking start none, there won't be none. Absolutely. Yeah. You go do you, wasp, I'm going to do me. Let's not fucking, let never the twain shall meet. Like, you know, the, but, uh, the garden's my property, but they can stay around there, just stay out of the fucking yeah. house. Stay out of the house. Exactly. Get your own house, wasp. <laughs> get a mortgage, get a proper job. Pollinate on the place. I've got a dog whose favourite thing in the world is eating wasps. Oh, God. And she them around like hot chips. And she is yeah. like, oh, my God. She has stung. Snack. She has gotten stung a few times, but um, <laughs> thankfully not too major. But it doesn't stop her. Mm. There's no deterrent um, at all getting stung. She just wants to eat them. She's dead right. <laughs> While we're on the topic of wasps, I was in a beer mm. garden the other day, and the table across from us was drinking cocktails. So obviously, it's very sweet. We had that one. We had that one last week or the week before. Yeah, no, this happened again. Oh, again! Again, this happened this week when me <laughs> and my sister were, were in a beer garden and there was a table sitting next to us and it was all like um, strawberry daiquiris and sex on the beach sort of really smelly stuff. Oh, yeah. And they, the wasps came down and, you know, they were hovering around their table and this beer garden overhead was all like flowers like hanging from the ceiling and all. Mm. So the wasps just fucking love this place. <laughs> and then they got up and left and we were the only other people in the beer garden so they were like, oh, fuck, let's go to this table now and just piss these off. And every couple of minutes, we were just kind of swatting our hands up and down, like, fuck off, go somewhere else. <laughs> Wave your hands in the air, yeah. you just don't care. Yeah, any time the, the servers came up, they just thought we were dancing. You got any Royals cam while, while we wait for P? While P's on parent to duty? Um, I don't know if it's a Royal, it's more of just a, a thought. We were kind of talking about it in work the other day, how, how nice bar work has been lately, just kind of mm. in the current state of it, you know, you finish early and all that. And then when the government announced that everything would be going back to full-time hours at the end of October. We were all like, oh, fuck me. We we can't go back to what bar work used to be, mm-hmm. where it's kind of, you know, the, the really late night finishes to two and threes o'clocks and dealing with just constantly drunk people. And we came to the conclusion that bar work might be the worst minimum wage job there has ever been. Because we've had, we've you know there's obviously the retail people who be like oh retail's horrible and all that but we've had yeah. we have retail workers with us at the minute and they said they'd love yeah. to go back to retail. Nah, of course bar works worse. You're dealing with fucking drunk idiots. Yeah, when you're in retail, you're dealing with idiots. Yeah. But when you're in a bar, you're dealing with drunk idiots. Drunk idiots. So drunk idiots are infinitely worse. <laughs> yeah, and then you have the drunk idiots that want to fight and who want to fight oh, the bartenders God. who won't serve oh, them. For fuck's sake! So you've got you know. Which is why I have come to the conclusion I'm going to leave bar work and maybe go work somewhere nicer, like a cafe surrounded by old women <laughs> who won't try to fight. A lot me. of cougars, yeah, who be won't fucking sti- sticking fivers in your fucking g-string. <laughs> that, that's fine by me, as long as I get paid. You're all right. Yeah, you're a fucking dip it low, <laughs> <laughs> twerking it. The bag has to be chased, and it needs somebody to chase it. <laughs> bringing out cream and whipping it as you twerk <laughs> I'm willing to Doris, make sacrifices that Doris sticking in is. a 20 <laughs> <laughs> Mavis oh Cameron's working today we'll be down <laughs> I won't quite be going the stripper route but I will dance that provocatively I'm gonna make in that front money. of the old women <laughs> more so, you know, just more so unusual is it <laughs> well you know th- there's money to be made this time <laughs> Party by Cam. <laughs> Surrounded by the, the peaceful acoustic covers in the background. <laughs> and uh, and the uh, soothing sounds of KFM. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that, Mavis? Maureen Donnelly has died. I didn't even know that. Did you know that? <laughs> she did not. Jesus, she 
was only young. She was 97. Can't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Oh. Peter leaves to take a phone call. And this is what we get stuck with. Yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah, that's fucking what makes people laugh. Yeah. Fancy tubes. Doris and Mavis, they, we can have them as as <laughs> carrots every week. <laughs> we'll have to get well them on for a Mavis. full guest someday. <laughs> Mavis, my lavender is gone. Is yours gone in the garden? Oh, don't even start. I've, I've had to cut it back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, fuck me. Have you got any more rails? No, I think I'll, I'll stick with the Bar one. Bar your profession. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'll stick with I suspect I might have one next week, but we'll wait and see. <laughs> next week? Yeah, given your fucking email you got there before we started recording. Oh, yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about that. I was going to leave tonight, but I suppose I'll give a give a little preview, much, much like the COVID test before. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll give some, some people time Keep to waiting. think about it. So I have been anxiously waiting, as have most students in the country, emails from college to give us our start date or an update or any piece of information to know that mm-hmm. we are still enrolled in college. And I received my email today to say that many people have dropped out due to the thought of going back on campus after COVID. And my course might not be going ahead. So you're going to wait until next week to find yeah, out. Yeah, I'll find out on Monday if my final year of college will actually be my final year of college. Mm-hmm. And that we that was all we were told. We weren't told if we'd be compensated for our fees or maybe moved somewhere else for the year but so listen for next week to see if I'm actually going to be a student this year to see see if Cameron gets to complete his degree (laughs) (laughs) um we we stepped over there to, to Cameron Royal's P as you as you. No, fair play to you. I delayed it here because uh, Cormac's mom is back and he was reluctant to go downstairs. He wanted to stay on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the crack with the lads. You can't exactly. blame him for that. Yeah, don't blame him. This is this is a great great podcast for kids. Oh, God, all we yeah. talk about <laughs> fancy <laughs> open tubes. Yeah. Um, right, we, have you any other royals up here? Let we go see. royal, royal, and then smile, smile, smile. Uh, royal, no, the wasps, the wasps, my the wasps. biggest yeah. royal. And you know, I was uh, I was cleaning up the other day. I was sweeping the floor, and. Uh, I have my little pan and brush for when you have all the dust and the dirt gathered <laughs> after the kids eat breakfast, basically. So just cereal on the ground. So you're trying to Try get having two massive dogs. Oh, yeah. What the fuck have you got a robot, a robot Hoover for? How do you think your robot Hoover would deal coping with Weetabix? Oh, oh yes. Try and we makes hard as substance. Yes. substance Cement demand. is what it is. Yeah. So I uh, know I said I, I'd clean all this up uh, once we got the kids to school and that. And uh, <laughs> I was sweeping it up with the, the pan and brush. And now they're knocking a few wasps down with the the brush <laughs> and uh, sweeping them. <laughs> and then, do you know the way if you're bending over, your your builder's arse sticks out of your trousers mm-hmm. and you got there's no one else around. I don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, I was like that, sweeping it up. And I got this tickle right at the top of my arse. And I went, <gasps> wasp! Ah! <laughs> so I fucking, so what did you do? Like, I, I ran. I ran across, <laughs> as if the wasp wasn't going to catch up with me. You know, I ran across the kitchen and uh, I was thinking to myself, oh, you know, I can't feel it anymore. It hardly went down my trousers. Oh, fuck. We bought the trousers. We bought the trousers, shaking them out. And then I was looking 
and I realised it was the tag on my jeans. <laughs> yeah, fucking God, what a bollocks! <laughs> but you know what the funny thing was? When I found myself running across the the kitchen, it was like I was doing the goose step. You know, you're kicking the legs high in the air, you know, as if the, the wasp was going to kill her. What? What's he doing? What's he doing? I'm confused. You know? No wonder you're fucking drop kicking. You're fucking practicing like a Nazi in the kitchen there. But while while we're on this topic, I thought this might have only been a thing in my house, but that I noticed it in your house last week as well. There's a lot of dead flies in people's oh, houses at the minute yeah oh yeah and there's like yeah i've never really noticed it before but this year in particular it's like every time i go downstairs there's a new dead fly in the house <laughs> and i don't know <laughs> where they're f- coming from and i don't know how I'll to tell you why because they're fucking idiots they can get in a fucking four centimeter cracked open window but they can't get fucking back out and open yeah. door yeah, so they, they just like bashing head. fucking yeah. head but they're dying from fucking concussion <laughs> <laughs> from stupidity dunk yeah. dunk dunk I, I really I thought it was an issue with just my house moron. I was just like sitting there like what the fuck is going on in my house why are all the flies just dying uh, and then I, house, I, saw, I saw two dead flies in the house I was like oh, this, is, this is normal Ben Howard even sang about them black yeah. flies black flies on the windowsill that we are so he's noticed it <laughs> Mm-hmm. You've noticed. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Yeah, I get in. I get into my royal and scene, so we're going royal, royal, royal. Yeah, we're getting the negativity royal. out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, my first little one. P. You. You might be. You. This might register on your radar. Michael Kenneth Williams. Oh yeah. Actor from The Wire. Yeah. Omar Comenio. Why is the only registering with him? Yeah, I didn't think you're not into The Wire. Are you? I've I've watched some episodes of The Wire. No, the wire's great. He was in... What was he in? He was in Gone Baby Gone. He was a police officer in that. He was in Boardwalk Empire. Had t- had some tweets with him before I did. No way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So for anyone that doesn't know, he played Omar in uh, in The Wire. Omar coming, yo. Uh, he was great. He was a fucking brilliant actor. He was just an amazing actor and, apparent, and died, unfortunately, by a drug overdose, apparently. Found with drug paraphernalia. Shit. Very sad. That's that's me. That's me. Me little. Me little royal. Was me there? Royal. Was sorry. Was there? Um. Uh. Was there a hint of depression or something there as well? Or obviously, was there? if you're no. using drugs. Uh, no. I, well, there was of what his his last few posts on social media were, and there were. Yeah. You know, I know. <laughs> looking back, is it's great. You know what I mean? What, what's to say? Um. You know, when you're looking back on something, you go, oh, yeah, that makes sense now, <laughs> you know. But mm. when you see what he was posting on social media, you go, oh, yeah, all right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, shocking. Uh, it's all, all too little too late then, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, and, me, and me big royal. Was it, was it last week? Yeah, it was last week I had the royal about being James going back to school, wasn't it, Cam? Yeah, it was last week. The child was in the bottle in the junior or yeah, the pram yeah. his yeah. bottle. Oh, yeah, that that's, was a, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. a strange one. Eating the tub of Pringles. Uh, in Tala again, this week, and again, very fucking hard not to be judgmental. Coming down the escalator in the square, I had James with me. He was in his uniform. We were going outside. And this uh, young mother has ashes in her. Mid twenties, late twenties, screaming at the fucking child to hurry up. Uh, child was dragging himself along. Next thing, she grabbed his arm, and now she fucking battered him with a slap on the hand. Jesus, yeah. And only for James was with me. And people can say it's none of your fucking business, and you're probably right. But what I mean, what would be the equivalent? What you're what you're what six foot six one, Cam? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so the equivalent of that would be someone 18 foot fucking hitting you on the hand, like. Because, mm. you know, the, an adult is about three times the height of, of a child like that and three times as strong or, or maybe more. And the mother was stressed and I was, you know, I was like, Jesus, we need, we just need to be educating parents more, like, of how to deal with situations. And the child mm. just dropped. The child went into, you know, fight, flight, freeze or flop. He just dropped to the ground and he was fucking bawling. And, of course, he's screaming at him then to to get up and I just thought you know with a little education around parenting you can take um, and that's that's out in the shopping centre so can you educate what, people from Tala what, what's he getting yeah <laughs> 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 you went there Cam <laughs> uh, you jest of course uh, but you know if he's getting that in public well what's he getting at home yeah well unless mm. she just doesn't care and it's just all the same. Yeah. So look, she was obviously she was obviously highly stressed, and you know, only for James was with me. I have to say, I would have, I would have intervened, but I knew it would have just led to a confrontation. Because mm. of course, Cause somebody's in that state. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the I often often look at people in that like... situation and think it's not uh, it's not the child's problem; it's the parent. It's the parent's inability oh, course, to control yeah. their anger, uh, their anger, and yeah. their emotions. Yeah. You know. Um, like I seen a guy lose it one day at his daughter because she dragged her mucky feet into his car and he had this lovely white Audi and he screams at her across the car park. Didn't give a damn who was looking, who was there. The poor kid, she was, was only four, I think about three or four and she was in buckets of tears and he just screamed, I told you, I told you not to do that. That's very bold and screaming at the top. Mucky runners, get over here. Everybody knows if you've young kids, say goodbye to your kitchen, your furniture, your car. car. Exactly. Jesus, get over it. Like, Like, it's not like you can't clean it. Of course, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's clean about. Yeah. Like, you'd imagine imagine he has mats in his car as well. Like, it's hard hard just putting them on the fucking. On the and base the carpet, the yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stomping on the chair, doing a fucking Rick James. Yeah. Show. Fuck your couch! Fuck your couch! <laughs> <laughs> just fucking kid. I, I always describe my car like a mullet. It's business at the front, it's a fucking party at the back where James is. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, I, I had to take a car seat out of the back of the car to give something oh, to lift God, the And I took it out and I was like, oh, there's more food in there than a menu. I said, just be careful <laughs> when you're getting in. No, it's scrambling. And you're there trying to dust it down. Going, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> well, that's, that, that's me, Royal. I'll, I'll kick into my smile though, and, we'll, and, we'll, and we'll alternate the, the, the smiles. Go for it. Um, a client last night uh, had come back to me after a couple of years, had some had some things he needed to, to work through and did some good work, uh, but had made a huge change. Like, and he, he was very grateful last night. He says, you did exceptional work. You did, I don't know what he said. He says, you did an exceptional job on me. <laughs> uh, and it's just as lovely. Like, you know, I just smiled along there. His work is going great. His marriage is great. His kids are great. And, you know, he's just so content in life. And it's just like, you know, they're they're a win. You take mm. you take them wins when you when you can get them. Like you know, um, so that that was just a lovely lovely experience last night. And he's joking as he's as he's walking the road. He was, or he's walking the doors. And you know, we're you know we're, we're, we're red blooded men, and, and we don't talk about this sort of stuff. But you know, I just just want to say thanks very much. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> you're very welcome. So that was lovely. That that was me smile. Oh, that's great. Cammy, have you got smiles for us? I've got a smile. Um, my sister's home. I've talked about already. She is. And it has which led to me. Which also has Yeah, no, it, it has. Well, it's not royal. I'm just busy. But yeah, it's, no, it's nice to see them. It's been a, been a long time since we've seen them. What was it last June? June, was it? 
Yeah, so what, 2020? 2020, yeah, so 14 months, 13, 14 months since we've seen them last. Like last time Mm -hmm. we saw my nephew, he was a baby. So it's nice to see them again. That that'd be my that'd be my smile. I can't can't say it's a royal really. That that that's bad form. <laughs> she might also I don't come know up she's here and, listen, so and we'll clatter me. Should have got, got to jump on. She, yeah, no, yeah. she might come up here and clatter me now if I say it's a bad thing. So <laughs> just I think, text her. Go in, there, go in there and hit Cameron. <laughs> I'll uh, keep it as a smile. <laughs> How about yourself, eh? You got any smiles, Russ? Um, any smiles? Um, I I I got a new smartwatch. Oh, very nice. That, that's that's one of my smiles. I wanted a watch, like a good, decent watch, and I said, mm. "Feck it!" You know, I'd, I'd actually had your voice in the back of me. Hey, going, you deserve it, Peter. You deserve Dick that it. watch. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying to convince you myself not to buy an Apple it, watch. Dick it. Yeah. No, not Be an Apple yourself. watch. Well, I've got yeah, an treat yourself. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Um, so like what the, did you yeah. get, Pete? What watch did you get? I got a Huawei G2 Pro, I think is the name. They're so handy, aren't it? Leave and the it. phone in the pocket, notification. Grand. Oh, so do you, you, cool, like, you, you have can that even... weird app store? Weird app store? The Huawei. Yeah. Oh, the Huawei oh, one. Huawei yeah, phone. yeah, yeah. Does the, um, would the I, watch have the same one, no? No, I just go through the health app. Yeah, and download yeah. everything yeah. through the health app and oh, okay. change the, the watch faces or whatever and all and you know the one of the coolest parts about it is you know you can you can take a phone call on the watch and it's like oh yeah, yeah. James you Bond, go around like, like Knight Rider yeah. oh yeah, yeah Knight Rider had the watch <laughs> yeah. I never do it but oh you yeah, have to do I feel really yeah, weird just talking to my wrist like that <laughs> as opposed to talking to your hand yeah but that's <laughs> the phone like, every, everyone sees you everyone's on their phone yeah like I've everyone talks weird. Like, have you ever seen someone use like Siri in public oh yeah yeah and I think it's like you're a fucking weirdo just pull your phone out and use it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it'd be the same as like talking to your wrist no, 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 no. I, do you know actually do you know <laughs> the, the, the like great workouts and stuff on it where you know you can log workouts or even you know I went for a walk with the kids there the other day and the, the phone kind of piped up and went uh, are you doing a workout and like <laughs> technically yes log that <laughs> <laughs> you know but I remember when I wanted to buy it and it was kind of flicking through you know as you do you sit down you're you're weighing up the pros and cons and the prices and mm. everything and what it can do and and in, in the back of my head I wanted to buy it but there was another voice saying I know Peter come on it's 200 quid like you, you know don't I mean? really better things you it. can do like the you know the taxes probably due soon you know so yeah. but then oh, <laughs> I was flicking through the options and I was looking to see you know what you can do and you can you can calculate the air pressure in the room. You can it can do breathing exercises with you. It can tell you if mm. you're stressed. It can record your sleep. It can tell you how much oxygen you have in your blood, your heart rate, and the big selling point for me was there's a compass. And on the website, it said, if you are ever, lost, or if you you ever lost in a forest and you need to find your way out, and I was thinking to myself. What if I'm lost in a forest? You're right. You're right. Yeah, and you don't have to have a And I don't have a charger for my smartwatch. <laughs> <laughs> and I go fucking orienteering with the scouts at the weekend. Yeah, with when Peter, never fear, with, kids. With Peter Peter grills, you know, climbing like, up a tree. The sun. He, doesn't need, he doesn't even need the watch. He just used the sun to tell the time. <laughs> just look directly at the sun if you want to tell the time. <laughs> Peter's eyesight is absolutely terrible. <laughs> better than his ears anyway <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm no one to talk because I ordered um, I don't know if you've seen them I was going to save it for next week an aura ring the COVID rings 
No, they don't oh. test. They don't do COVID. Actually, what they do is they do measure temperature drops, and that yeah, that's, that's what the, the NBA players had to use when they were in the bubble. They had to wear them. Everywhere. Yeah, so I ordered one of them, but they track your complete sleep cycle, temperature. You know, they can know, like you know, you didn't sleep great last night. Some of the things you may check out, you might have. Did you eat late before you know bed? So yeah, similarly, you know, but purely from a what, health perspective. What is it? You, it's it's a ring you wear in your finger, is it? It's a sensor. It's a yeah. So it looks just like a normal a normal what, ring, but does it's, it like? Take your, your temperature or something, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. it's all Bluetooth. You have the app, and it'll tracks your stress levels, sleep pattern, um, all stuff like that. And then, <laughs> and then I bought. I treat was like, I haven't bought myself that in ages. I need to get myself something nice. Well, I get. So I got good priced supplements. <laughs> that was it supplements <laughs> with a high EPA omega 3 fucking fish oils with a high EPA because that's proven to elevate mood energy levels and stuff like that research backed so I was like going to get them now not them ones that I normally get down in Aldi or Lidl or whatever the good ones in the, in the, yeah these are these are proper ones so there you go, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Alan's going to be taking his supplements while on Facebook in his gardening group yeah, like it's you are really <laughs> admire, getting ad- admiring me ring, <laughs> not on me finger. Just to clarify, <laughs> it's not one of those rings that if you have a fall, they'll call the emergency services or something and say, "Balance had a fall." It appears you have fallen over. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm just old, <laughs> but I, I get them notifications on the smartwatch as well. So you know, time to get moving. Mm. And then it goes, "Great, you're being active." I'm like, "Hang on, I'm only walking to the fucking fridge for a snack. <laughs> yeah. Don't get for too excited." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Apparently, the Apple watches are terrible for that. Like reminding you they haven't moved in so long. Mm. So if you're sitting down watching Netflix or something for four hours, the Apple Watch is like, "Oh, you haven't moving in such a time, time to get active." And you're like, "Oh, yeah, that's exactly oh, what I get." Yeah, <laughs> you cock. That's why. That's when you start talking back to the watch, going, "Do you not realize I've work to do?" You know, seriously. You know, Hello. Remind me about Netflix, this later on. This Netflix show is very important. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to watch its fucking self. Yeah, you know? Chill out. It's like the <laughs> no, Netflix like, reminders when you're like three episodes in and asked you're still watching because you haven't touched the remote in three hours. Yeah, yeah, that's that's embarrassing. Almost, it's, it's that's, nearly that's like Apple. When you, Apple just have the monopoly. That's they like, want you watching Apple TV. Yeah. Sorry, being yeah, quiet. <laughs> no, when you, when you go to your that reminds me of when you go to your your favorite takeaway and they know what you want to order or they know your name but you go through you go, the charade yeah thanks Bill and then you go I'm not coming back here <laughs> <laughs> until next week you think it's good customer service it's embarrassing actually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> remind me how fucking obese I am thank you yeah. <laughs> now moving on this week we are absolutely delighted to be joined by a member of one of Ireland's national treasures from the band Aslan you're very welcome aboard, Mr. Billy McGuinness. I mean, I don't claim to know a lot about mental health. I, I leave that up to Brezzy. Brezzy's kind of the expert, the musician expert that's doing all that. And, mm. and hats off to him for doing it because um, it is it is a very stressful career. You know, mm. just, you know, to start off on a downer. It's not all glamour and it's not a, mm. you know, people see it on stage for, for an hour and a half and they think that's that's... You know, oh, that's glamorous, but mm. they don't see what goes on behind it. Behind it all, yeah. Downs, you know, the depression that you can get into. Mm. You know, um, it's it's a very it's a very very stressful. As I as I was telling Peter last week, um, we're going forty years. We're forty years next year as a band together. Yeah, uh, formed in nineteen eighty two, and 
there have been some really, really low points in those 40 years. There have been some amazing high points, but there are the low points. And there's not a lot of bands. You have to have an inner strength, I think. Because when you the euphoria of signing a record deal and you're going to conquer the world, and then you fast forward two hours ahead of that and you're dropped by the record company mm-hmm. and you're just left with no wages, nothing coming in, You've no, nothing planned because you weren't expecting the record company to drop you. And that, that, they can be very low times. In fact, a lot of bands don't get out of that when they, when they actually get dropped. They end, mm. up, they end up breaking up because it's mm. very hard to pull the troops together again and, and march and carry on. And you have to have an inner strength to do that. And that's happened to us twice in our career. Mm. Uh, the first time was with EMI Records when we were signed worldwide. We were signed to Capital in the States and we were going to conquer the world. <laughs> and then the second time it happened was with BMG. And the way we looked at it was <clears throat> when you're dropped, when a band gets signed and then they get dropped, it, it's, it, it doesn't mean that you're, you're, a, you're a, a worse band. You have to understand why you got signed in the first place. And those qualities that you got signed for are still there. It could just be a case of the A&R man, which is artist and repertoire. Mm-hmm. If, if he mightn't be with EMI. He might have moved on to another record company. And the new person that comes in mightn't like your band and would have no interest in it. And it could be, it could be a decision just that one person has left the company, the person that signed you and was going to guide your career, and he's gone and you get dropped. So you have to you have to kind of have that inner strength, strength and an inner belief in yourself, you know. And uh, uh, we we've we've managed to do that. We've managed to you know riot the rough parts. And then you know another low point, another seriously low point was when Chrissy got involved in drugs, and and we ended up sacking him. And I mean, for for to do that, that was a really really low point. Like Jesus Christ, mm. I don't know how we. We actually, I don't know how we are, we're actually still here when I think about the times that we went through, those dark days. Yeah. Um, but people have to understand that the reason, the reason we did it, we did that was because Christie's health was suffering and uh, we didn't want to see him die. So mm. we gave him the, the, the sharpest shock we could give him by dumping him out of the band, you know? And, when was uh, that, Billy? Just, just to rewind was, back was, a bit. Uh, that, was, that, was, that was after the release of Feel No Shame. Feel No Shame was released. It was number one. Yeah. And uh, we were we were on an American tour. Uh, we had released Love Me Lately in, in the States, and we were touring with a, a guy called Graham Parker in The Rumour. It was, a, it was all over America. Fantastic tour. Uh, we went down really, really well. And Capital Records set up another tour then. They were going to release This Is, and we were going to be supporting Crowded House in America. Mm. And unfortunately, Christie's habits got out, completely out of control. And we were working on the second album and, and the American tour. We were just back from the American tour. And uh, it just it just came to a head where um, his voice started to be affected and then it was very noticeable at gigs. Wow. And then the usual signs of not turning up for rehearsals and, yeah. and that type of thing, you know. But uh, uh, in all fairness to Christy, he pulled, a, he pulled it together. He went into the Rutland Centre. He went over to Thailand, 
over to a, a monastery over there called Tantrabok. And uh, that was a really, really tough time on Christy, you know, because mm-hmm. you were put in this compound in Thailand and there was no money and you were, had to wear these overalls and you slept on kind of the floor and every morning the monks would come around and they'd give you this stuff to drink and then you went over to this trough and you actually puked your guts up for about half an hour. And what they were doing was wow. they, they were detoxing. They were Cleansing, detoxing yeah. the body. How old was oh, Chrissy man. then, Billy? You know, he, would, he, would Chrissy have been like early 20s, am I right in thinking? Well, Chrissy's, you know, 60, 1988. Chrissy's the same age as me. Chrissy's 61. So yeah. it would, this would be 19. If you, if you do the years, this would be 19. This would be about, Phil O'Shane came out in 88. Yeah. And this would be, would be in about, yeah, around 89, around 1989, 1990. Wow. So it's still a very young man that had to go through all of that. He, he had to go through all of that. And in fairness to him, he, he actually, it, it, like, it, it was heroin he was taking. It wasn't, it wasn't mm. any, uh, mm. wasn't a bit of hash or anything like that. Like, it was serious. Yeah. Serious. Like, you know, you look at Amy Winehouse, you look at, you know, there's so many, there's been Jimi Hendrix, you look at Phil in it, there's, there's been so many casualties to drugs and drink and whatever. And, and uh, we just didn't want to see, see Christy becoming one of them. And in fairness to him, he, he did pull it together. Mm. And then, Fast forward to 2012, and then he gets diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then it's, you're going up to see him in hospital, and again, that's another dark day, you know? So, yeah. uh, you know, you're talking about depression, and those were the low, the really low points. I remember going to see Christy, and he's lying in bed, and I said, he's not getting out of Bowman Hospital. You know, he's, he's not. And he was, when he did get out, he was in a wheelchair for two, for two years. He went to his daughter's yeah. wedding in the wheelchair. He had to walk up the aisle mm. in the wheelchair. And then you go forward then, and he does a gig in the Olympia, and he's back. And yeah. then, but it's, people forget that he actually has cancer, and he's on his third bout of chemo. You know, so it's, yeah. it's, it's hard because you just see him on stage, and they think, oh, Chrissy, he's back, and he's cured, and he's now. But he's yeah. not, you know. But yeah. uh, in all fairness, I think he's one of the, I'm not just saying it because he's in our band. I think he's one of the best frontman singers that Ireland has ever produced. Oh, absolutely. Aslan mm. in general, Billy, Aslan are a, a national treasure. You yeah. know, they're <laughs> a part of our culture. They're, you know, as I was saying to you before when we were chatting, like, um, it's a wonderful honour to have a song that's not yours anymore. You know, the crazy world this is. You know, you, you you can go to a bar in Spain, an Irish bar, and they're all singing it. You know, you can go to Thailand and find an Irish bar and they're singing Aslan. You know what I mean? <laughs> and if they're not, there's somebody shouting at the singer to sing Aslan. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's, that's what an impact, like. Yeah, it's 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 great. You know, I, I remember I was sitting down watching that. Uh, what's that comedy, The Two Lads in Cork? Um, oh, The Young Offenders. The Young Offenders. The young yeah. Offenders. And they done crazy world, and I was just yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that amazing? You know, and the yeah. feeling that that gives you. That now we're now we're onto the upside of the band. The yeah, good yeah. Times. <laughs> when Dublin when Dublin won the All Ireland and they're and they're belting out crazy world in that's in right. Pro Park Pro and they're all yeah. with the trophy, and yeah. that's when this that's when you realise the song then has become it's not yours, as you said, Peter. It's not yours anymore. Yeah. And you know, if only you had that secret. That what makes what what how does that happen? How do we how do it does again? Song yeah. cross over <laughs> from you playing it to like twenty people when you first wrote it, 
and then suddenly it's just it's there it's it's everywhere and it's 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 it, you know it's it's a great feeling to have because you know i mean we've had you two covered this is that's right and i think that's the only time that you two have ever covered an irish band song now i, I could your listeners might be able to correct me on that, but it's, I've, I've been looking, <laughs> and I, I can't see you two covering any other Irish band. And mm. the fact that they did that for Christy when he was ill, it just it says a lot about you two. You know, they they really, uh, you know, they they watch the Irish domestic market and they're very aware of what's going on. Yeah, but it says it says a lot more about Aslan Billy. I can I can tell you, like I'm I'm listening here, and and I've no problem admitting I have literal goosebumps. Listen to Billy McGuinness from Aslan talking about this is and crazy world. Like this is mm. as as Peter says, like as an Irish person, you're just synonymous. There's you too, and there's Aslan. But yeah. the, the thing that the thing that actually shocked me as as I was researching stuff like this is with 1986. This is was our first single in 1986. That's, wow. We sent that song. We recorded that song. It was it was. We recorded it on a 16 track in a studio that's not there. It's, it was called the Lab Studios with a fella called Chris O'Brien. And we recorded that and we hawked it around to every record company in England and every record company in Ireland as well. And nobody nobody picked up on it. And and we, we even went it's gas, we, we we even went to U2. U2 had a label called Mother Records at the time. And Mother Records was set up to give bands that were nearly there, to give them just that extra lift. Mm. Get release stuff for them, and and hopefully get them the attention of the of the English record companies. And mother, I remember Chrissy and Joe went into meet Bono in the Dockers pub, and uh, they played them the song, and Bono just went, "Nah, I don't see it. I'm not. I'm not wow. getting it." But I remember we went into this small little label called Rikus Records. Now you have to understand, we we were we were rehearsing up in a pigsty, which was literally an actual pigsty up at the side of the airport. <laughs> and our gear was up there. The O'Hagans, the family, gave us this because we couldn't afford to rehearse in Dublin. The rehearsal prices were too there, and they gave us a pigsty. So we cleaned it out. We put a super sair in it. <laughs> and we wrote the whole Feel No Shame album up there. This is was wow. written in big stuff. Jesus. That's unreal. And we hawked that song Not around. a bedroom in fingers. <laughs> not, not a bedroom <laughs> Actual big <pigsty. laughs> An actual real big story. Yeah, I swear to God. Not, That's not amazing. That's and uh, and <laughs> we went into a small label called Rikus Records. They were an independent label. They had a band called The Blades. They were the... They were the Paul Carrier and the Blades, they had them signed and they were kind of releasing stuff for them. And we went in and we played, Elvira Butler was her name, and we played her This Is, and she went, I think that's brilliant. I want to release that. So that was grand. When it was released, uh, what happened was 2FM used to have, uh, they had these late night DJs. They had Jerry Ryan, mm. who used to be on at 11 o'clock. Mm. And then they had, he was followed by Mark Cagney, who used to be mm. on at like one o'clock in the morning or whatever. And Mark Cagney picked up on it. And he started playing This Is late at night. And then he introduced the song to Jerry Ryan. And then Jerry Ryan started playing it on his show. And then across, Mark, Mark Hagney was reviewing it for the Hot Press and he gave it single of the month or whatever, of all the singles released. He said, this is the single of the month, blah, blah, blah. And then it crossed over onto, onto, uh, onto day, 
on 2FM daytime. And out of that, we started to get gigs like the Lark in the Park in St. Anne's Park and Black Rock with Hothouse Flowers and a few others. Mm. But that song, you have to understand, that was their first single. And yeah, how lucky. <laughs> for, for, to, for a band, you know, it was rejected by everyone. And only for Elvira Butler saw a little bit of something in that song. We could have been another, you know, we could have just broken up and, and went yeah. in separate ways. But that song kind of launched everything for us, mm. you know, and mm. ended up with us signing to EMI uh, and releasing Feel No Shame, which was, you know, just went ballistic. My, my definition you, of a classic, Billy, sorry, Cam, is if you can release it nowadays and it still sounds good. I think for any musical genre, a classic just stands the test of time. And I think any of those songs you can release now and they will sound just as good. Yeah. And I think that, that's we the longevity. We were talking about this and the songs are Feel No Shame. You see, you have to understand when Feel No Shame was written in the 80s, unemployment was rife. Mm. There was no, it was either, mm. either go into a, into, you, you go into music or football, there was no jobs. There was no jobs mm. there. So we went into music. Yeah, <laughs> we were looking at songs from Feel No Shame and you look at like uh, Pretty Thing and the lyrics, all these people hanging around, waiting for the world to change, all this pressure coming down, life is not a pretty thing. That could have been written during the pandemic. Absolutely, mm. yeah. Yeah. You know, mm. standing in the pouring rain, lonely eyes and soaking faces, wishing it was yesterday. Life is not a pretty thing. And then uh, it, it, others, don't look down on me. Um, all the songs from that Feel No Shame album, they could have been written within the past year. And they were written in 1988. And we were just looking at them and we're going, that's amazing. Absolute classics. Um, funny enough, Billy, I had to listen to the, um, the U2 version of um, uh, This Is. And I listened to your version then, you know, the iconic video with Christy on all mm. the, the kind of the writing in the background and everything. And you know something? I don't think Bono can hit the high notes as clean as Christy. <laughs> Seriously, well, I don't think you know can. I'm not going to. I'm not going to slag Bono and you two because. Oh no, no, it's I, just I it's it's, it's just think, an observation I made. I thought yeah, he hit yeah, it and, much and cleaner. Don't get me wrong. When when that was posted, a lot of people have, have commented, "Oh, we preferred the original," and I think that would go with if if Aslan were to cover a U two song. Yeah, I don't think okay. we'd do it the same, and mm-hmm. it would be because it's it's it, they're singers. A voice is a very. Um, it's a very unique instrument. When you play drums, they're drums. You play bass, they're bass. Yeah. Mm. What makes it, if for each band different, is the singer. And it's all down to the singer. Mm. And like Duncan Bono is a, is a brilliant singer. He's oh, yeah. An absolutely brilliant singer. Mm. He, he done that version. And, and to me, the video and, and the song, this is, is not a simple song. It's not, it's not a three chord trick. You can pick up a song and play three chords. Mm. It, that song takes a lot of working out. And for them to do that, they must have spent a couple of days on it and to do the video as well. And I don't know if your listeners are aware, they did it for the night for Chrissy. When Chrissy was, was, was in Bonnet Hospital, we did a night in the Olympia That's where right. Aslan were the bands. And we had all these different singers like Mary Black and we had Horse Lips and then Damien Dempsey, uh, the Riptide Movement, uh, Roy Seven. You think the script were there as well, Billy, were they? 
Say again? I think the script were there as well, weren't they? Uh, and the Blizzards. Uh, yeah. Prezi, Prezi sang Angie on the night. And then you two were beamed in from New York. And that was like, you know, as, a, yeah. as, a, as us, as a band, suddenly you two are on the screen and they're, they're doing that for Christy. And it just, I just went, you know, the, Bono has dropped up to Christy when, when he was sick in the house and... Uh, he was showing him lyrics on his laptop for the new uh, the new U2 album and he gave Christy a, a book, a present of a, Seamus Heaney, a book of Seamus Heaney poetry, science to Christy and all the rest. And they were chatting about the early days and how do we get that, how can we get that vinegar back, you know, where we, yeah. we went, we used to put everything into it and now it's kind of it's called all the age for now you know the days when we used to go out we used to go postering in the middle of the night as I'm playing the bag of the end and we we put the posters on the top of the bus shelters so people yeah, look on the top look of the bus the poster. that was yeah. an old trick and then you yeah. had to go out postering later than the other bands otherwise the other bands would cover your posters which are demo tape trying to give it to Dave Fanning all that energy and the, the drive you yeah. had and the belief you had in the music you know you know what was the buzz like when when you think back to that? Like, was it exciting? Was it kind of worrying? Or as a young person, did you go, "I don't care, I just want to make music and conquer the world"? It was so so exciting. You have to understand, you two were just breaking. They were they were they were breaking worldwide, you know. Mm. And every record company was sending over A and R men to Dublin. Dublin was like Liverpool, the Beatles, that era. It was like you had. Every every label in the UK had an Irish band signed to them. So you had every label looking for the next U2, and they were all over here. Big checkbooks. Think about it. Like, like, we had our choice of producers, you know, and we were listening to, um, you know, it was like, we can get you can get any producer in the world to produce your debut album. And we were going, oh, this is great. This Amazing. is brilliant. Yeah. This is what we strived for. And we were listening to an album by the Waterboys called This Is The Sea. <laughs> Cracking album. The yeah. whole of the moon was on. Yeah. Right? And a guy called uh, Mick Glossop produced that album. He also used to produ- he produced all of Van Morrison's albums. But that sound, that sound of the Waterboys that the Waterboys had, we mm. meant that's the sound that we're looking for. Imagine Aslan with that sound. Yeah, yeah. And we went into Westland Studios and it was, I think it was for eight weeks with Nick Glossop. And it was possibly the best eight weeks of my life ever. Wow. Just that period. Just that period. Because while we were in the studio as well, Bowie was playing at Slane. Uh, and Bowie happened to be signed to EMI at the same, same label as us. So we got straight on to our manager. Listen, we want to, we want to support the Bowie at Slane. And we got it. What a buzz. Amazing. Aslan, big country, David Bowie. Yeah. And there was, there was some Limerick band on before us. I can't think of the name of them. But that period of that debut album coming out and just the whole buzz and the excitement. And yeah. All the, all the Irish bands were doing great. And it was just, it was a real... It was a real buzz in Dublin. Yeah, you know? it was, it was like a renaissance of Irish music. Country. Like, yeah. you know, you weren't just... Uh, uh, that band from Limerick, brilliant. Adam Clayton had an interest in them. Uh, Tuesday Blue, 
Mm. What, a, what a band, uh, you know. So it, it, there was bands from, from down the country that were signed as well, you know. Great time yeah. for music. Billy, Billy, we talk about great times, and one one of the things that struck me earlier, as as you described being dropped, was you know it's like well it could be just an A and R, you know that guy moved on, and the next guy. I don't know if this is a if it's, this is the correct statement or not, but that sounds like wisdom. Looking back, is that how you felt at the time? I mean that that must have been. As I say, you're right at the you're right at the peak. What what happens then when you when you get that news? You get the low. You, yeah, you feel sick. You yeah. feel sick. And you know, and it's it's there's a thing that happens when you're signed. All you have a million and one friends, and you're invited to all the part, all the openings of this and the openings of that, and all of that. And the minute you get dropped by a record company, that all goes. Mm, nobody wants to know you. And you're left, you're left with the people that really care about you. Mm. You've all the hangers on; they just go because. The blank check is not there anymore. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I remember it was a really, really low time, you know. And I, I remember, I specifically remember getting dropped by BMG. And the memo came across from 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 London, and your man said it was it was the Goodbye Charlie Moonhead album, which Crazy World was on, and Crazy World was absolutely massive here at the time. Mm. And your man over in London said, "There's no hits on the album." Jeez. Explain that. Yeah, yeah. So we had we had a tour lined up in the UK to promote the release of the album, and all we had like probably a year and a half blocked off, and suddenly we were dropped. There's no hits on the album. Goodbye, lads. Off you go, and you're sitting there, and the next year and a half is blank. Your work is just gone, and that's that's when you yeah. start to get. That's when it when it, when you start to get the depression starts to come in. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it's like, what are we going to do? And it's 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 a really it's as I said to you, a lot of bands don't survive that. A lot of bands just knock it on the head, and they just mm. say, "Look, I, I can't, I can't start to climb again." You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I remember we it was a struggle, a struggle genius, but we didn't know it at the time. We were just doing it out of necessity. We were sitting there and we were saying, "What will we do? What can we do?" We've no record deal. We've no gigs lined up. What can we do? And MTV, the MTV Unplugged was quite popular at that time. Do you mm. remember Nirvana doing MTV? Yeah, yep. that. yeah. Remember, That's right. Eric Clapton, yeah. I forget who came up with the idea in rehearsals. And someone said, let's do an Unplugged, unplugged gigs. We can play in smaller venues because there's no amps. Two acoustic mm. guitars, bass, and drums. That's it. We can fit everything into a little van <laughs> and the band, and away we go. And we started to play these. There were, I, I suppose you'd call them cabaret venues at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm trying to picture where would where would be where would be. Uh, they were. It was like the Drake and Fingless, or you know, there, there were places where Dickie Rock or. Joe Dolan, yeah. no offense to Joe Dolan, but they mm. they would be cabaret venues, yeah. you know. And we moved in. We we said, right, let's give it a go. And because we didn't have the big production of the amps and the lights and the thing, it was unplugged. We scaled everything down so we could we could do the shows cheaper as well, so we could get more work. Mm-hmm. And we went and we started that. We started to do that, and we were slated for it. 
all the the, the other musicians in Dublin and the you know the the, the trendy credible musicians that were going a Haslan are playing in cabaret venues you know fucking joke and whatever you know and we were slagged and the press started to just write us off they just went ah, they're playing pubs da 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 but suddenly <laughs> every venue we played the way we looked at it was alright it's a cabaret venue but when we go in there it's Aslan playing their own music yeah so it's it's us we're not cabaret we're going in there and it's a gig and we'll just we'll do it the unplug and then suddenly the venue started to fill up and fill up and fill up and fill up and we then we went, hang on a minute, this is really, this is taken off. Let's take it to the next level. So we booked Vicar Street. We booked one night in Vicar Street, Aslan unplugged, right? And this was around 19, I'm trying to think, 1988, maybe, 1998, maybe. And we brought in a string quartet. So we had a, two acoustics, bass and drums, and a string quartet. Mm-hmm. Aslan unplugged one night, boom, sold out. Extra night added, sold out. Extra night added, sold out. Extra we did six. We did six nights in Vicar Street. Couldn't believe it. So then we went right. Let's let's go again. While we're in there for six nights, let's record this and mm-hmm. and let's do a DVD. Yeah. And everyone in the business, everyone said, "Don't release a live album because." Uh, live albums don't sell. They don't sell in Ireland. Trust us, we won't. And we went, do you know what? We'll do it. Okay. It's going to cost a few, Bob. But when will we get the chance to do it again? It's six mm. nights in Bigger Street. We're bound to get something decent out of the six nights. Mm. Yeah. What we got out of it was the Made in Dublin album. Yeah. And that album is the biggest selling album that Aslan have ever released. Amazing. That album went triple platinum. I'm looking at the triple platinum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just glanced up and looked at the disc on the wall. Where is it? Oh, let's have a look. Down. <laughs> triple. Oh wow! Look at yeah. platinum disc. Three like, platinum disc. Yeah. If 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 we had to listen to people, yeah. If we had to listen to oh Jesus, if we had to listen Don't to break the experts, it. broken out. <laughs> if we had to listen to the experts, we wouldn't have made that album. That's amazing, yeah. You know, and that's that, that, that that's the thing. I, I don't know. We've been either very clever or we've been very lucky. And I, I just think someone, someone up there, just looks after us. I think you, you know have that self belief, though, Billy. Don't you? You know, you believe you in do. yourselves. You believe in yourselves as musicians, as people, and obviously the fans as well. You know, we'd be lost without the fans. Mm. The fans mm. have been so, so good to us. Yeah, they've been so. They really have. You know, they, they've, they've, they've supported us through thick and thin, through the bad times and the good times. And, and even now, like it's just, it's just they're all you can see by social media. Like we were, we were supposed to be in the Olympia on the sixteenth of September, mm. and unfortunately, the government and their stupid bleeding restrictions of indoor mm. at sixty mm-hmm. percent. Like mm. who makes up these ideas? <laughs> Bigger streets and the Olympias and theatres around Ireland cannot run at sixty percent. It's impossible. Nobody's mm. going to make money. Mm. So unfortunately, we've had to reschedule. We rescheduled it today, and it's gone back to the 1st of November. But just to give you an idea of the support, 
That Olympia was supposed to happen on the 16th of March, 2020. And it was cancelled to the 16th of September. And now it's rescheduled again to the 4th of November. And that gig was sold out in the 16th of March. And it's still sold out for the 1st of November. Nobody gave their tickets back. Nobody wanted a refund. We had a Which question from one of our listeners, Billy, kind of touching in with that. And his question, the question from Dean was, why do you think Aslan resonates so much with fans? What, what do you think breeds that loyalty? Think- Dean, Dean, for the record, has seen you 15 times. <laughs> 15 <laughs> times. The working Dean, class band of Ireland, he says, 15 <laughs> times. I probably know him. What I think it is, I, I, what I like to think it is, is let's say with other bands, you don't get to see the whole picture. There's a lot of smoke mm. and mirrors that goes mm. on in, 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 with, with bands, especially, especially with social media and all the rest. And I think with Aslan, you get 100% honesty. Mm. Uh, like if anyone had read Christie's book, if anyone has listened to Christie in interviews, he doesn't hold back. He, yeah. he says it as it is. Yeah. Whereas a lot of lead singers and bands, you don't get the whole picture. You know, yeah, right. they, they kind of they, they let you they let you in so much, mm, and then what they, they want you to say. Yeah. Whereas Aslan, yeah. we just we just tell it as it is. Yeah. It was, it was it was funny. Funny. Sorry, there, Alan. Sorry, um, I. Uh, <laughs> Um, I remember Christy came into us. It was Christy and Joe came into us in the um, uh, in the radio station to do an interview. And afterwards, uh, I said to Christy, so it was coming up to Christmas. I said, "Will you come in and do a quick recording for us and give us some of your Christmas memories or your best or any memories of Christmas? Got to compile a list of it." And uh, just a warning to anybody who has small ears listening to this podcast now. You might just want <laughs> to turn the volume down. To this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> there shouldn't be any kids listening to this anyways. But just in case there's any kids in the room, turn down the volume. But uh, uh, Chrissy, Chrissy had the dog with him. And um, uh, the little, Jack. yeah, Jack, yeah, that's Jack. right. And I, I, I was in the studio minding the dog, holding it while Christy went into the recording booth and he wanted to tell a story about Christmas. And he, he started telling the story about how he found out Santi wasn't real. And they were like, ah, no, Christy, Christy, no, you can't, you can't put that out in radio. And he goes, oh, Jesus, sorry, sorry. But, you know, how, how can you not like Christy? You know what I mean? Yeah, he just that, oh he's gas. That dog that he had, that dog passed away. That's right. Like yeah. He's had a really he's had a really tough year. Uh, the dog passed away, Jack, and then his father passed away as well. So yeah. he's had a really tough time now during during the COVID, you know? Mm, yeah. But uh, but that's I'd like to see and then when you when you add up the honesty of the band and and plus the fact that when we gig, whether Aslan are playing to twenty people or 10,000 people, we always give 100% on stage, mm. you know. And, and I think the day when we go out, you know, people say to me, you know, do you get nervous still before a gig? Absolutely. 100%. Mm. Because mm. If, you, if you don't get nervous before you go out and perform in front of people, it means yeah. that you don't care about them. Yeah. You yeah. don't care about yeah. your audience. Just you lost your passion, you maybe. Yeah. We we care that everything goes right and nothing breaks. You know, your first song in, everything's working, you know, and everything's going well and the sound is good. 
And so we still get nervous. We still give 100%. And the day that we stop doing that, I think that would be the end of Aslan. Mm. When we stop that, you know, stop getting nervous and stop worrying about how, how the gig is going gonna, is gonna to be, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, you know, because it's, 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 you know, we've, we've a big year planned for next year. We're, it's our 40th birthday. And we've a lot, we've a lot of, we've a lot of things in the pipeline. We hopefully they'll come off. You know, you Brilliant. make you make yeah. plans, and if fifty percent of them happen, happy days. You're happy. So we yeah. have some really exciting things ha- happening for next year to celebrate the fortieth. Unfortunately, I can't tell you anything about it because <laughs> it's kind of you, you, you'll hear about it soon enough, though. You know, but, uh, Billy, myself and myself and Alan were in a band, and uh, well, kind of band group. We were rappers, Billy. We were, we were former rappers, <laughs> retired rappers. But we played um, we played the Derby Festival, the Budweiser Derby Festival in Kildare. Uh, oh, God, it must have been 15 years ago. We were playing... Alan probably doesn't remember this. He blames the... Um, <laughs> I, I'm autistic, the old, uh, Billy, yeah, and I he, have memory <laughs> issues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just put it all down to Asperger's because yeah. he wasn't a drink of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, played, uh, we played in the Marquee and when we went in we we set up alan you probably don't remember this but anyway we 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 were set up and we were doing our sound check and the place was the place wasn't cleaned from the night before but you know um there was uh, like a few chairs knocking around there was still rubbish on the ground and everything and there was a few people who were at the gig last night and it was yourselves playing and they were still buzzing they were coming up to us to tell us about the Aslan gig and I remember somebody came up to me saying that uh, Christy got I think it was a bar stool or something and he brought it down off the stage sat in the middle of the crowd and sang Crazy World and that was the highlight of their night. You know, there were still buzz. You could yeah. see the buzz in them the following mm. day when they were telling us about it. You know, I think we were playing with Bagatelle that night, actually. So I, I think what he's saying to Billy is we were getting Aslan sloppy seconds. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I think we did in Mullingar uh, two weeks ago. Was it two weeks yeah. ago? Mullingar. That's right, yeah. What a gig. What a gig. That was the, uh, the crowd that won the stables. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was the first yeah. outdoor gig, and I'll tell you, it was very, very well organised. It was, it was, oh, it was, it was a really, really good night. Even, even the guards were enjoying themselves. The guards <laughs> were. <laughs> I remember we're doing crazy work. All the guards came up in front, at the front. <laughs> there was, I was told that the the sergeant from from the town of Mullingar. Got in touch with your man, uh, is it Smitty, uh, Smitty, whatever Smitty's, yeah. Yeah, got in touch and said, that was a fantastic night. There wasn't one bit of trouble. Wow. It went off like Lovely. trouble-free. A dream, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think they're going to look at doing that a yearly, a yearly event. Oh, hopefully. It was brilliant. Yeah. And all the, yeah. all the acts were amazing. Like, the, the acts were really, really good, you know. Yeah. A few of them I would have known, you know. That's uh, right, yeah. supporting them. Uh, in other days but it was it was great that was only our that was our toured gig back wow that was our toured this is our fourth gig now on on uh, on Saturday and five and so on you know but then October the 22nd the, the capacity the 60% capacity is gone so we're Four down gigs. in the only scene Killarney on the 20 Saturday the 23rd of October that's the fourth day without the capacity mm. restriction. Mm. So that's wow, a mental night. Oh yeah, Billy. I, I feel like I feel like uh, Danny Downer here because uh, you know we talk about the highs and all that, but music isn't all the highs as a, as I oh. mentioned at the start. It's it's 
it's impossible and I'd say it's probably never happened that an interview with yourself or an interview with anyone about Aslan doesn't bring up Christy. And obviously Christy is the front man. Yes. And you mentioned, you know, he's had he's had his he's had his issues, Christy's had his issues with drugs in the past. You know, you said you had to you had to get rid of him out of the band. I, I was just wondering, you know, for someone so synonymous and so famous for being such a frontman, what it's like to uh, I'll use a word, I don't know if it's the right term, but what it's like to be kind of be at the mercy of where he's at in his head and what, what his life journey goes with. As I said, you know, you're you're a band. You you don't replace you don't replace Christy. Uh, what what what's that experience like? To you know, well, you see, hope that he's in a good shape, and you know, you work as a result. You do. You, you see, you're you're kind of you see with a band, you're dependent on each other. Mm. You really are, and and if if it doesn't work, if if one of them is out of sync or one of them goes off the rails like Christy did, the whole band is affected. Mm. You know. I remember Christy telling me when he went home to his wife, he was crying. He was saying, all the work I put into Aslan. Christy, you have to understand, Christy was the driving force behind Aslan. He was the one that said, right, we're jacking in our jobs. We're going full time. We're going to give this a year because we're working nine to five and we're too tired in the evenings to write the songs and we're too tired Mm -hmm. to rehearse. So we're going to give up. And you have to understand, Christy and Joe had jobs in, in PNT, which is Aircom today. So they have good jobs in there. There were technicians mm. in there. Pensionable. Um, and, yeah. and, went, and all the families thought we were nuts. Mm. I was a baker. Get, get, right, I'm jacking up. But, get, <laughs> I mean, we just said we'd, we'd give it a year yeah. to see. Uh, a year of going full time. And, uh, uh, oh, Jesus, you know, I could tell you stories. This is, this is a funny story. Um I went into the Dole office, right, and uh, I went. I went to. Uh, I went to sign off the Dole when, when, when we when when things started to happen. You know, when EMI and all, and all that. And I went in, and I had the hair, the big blonde hair, and the black leather jacket. And I, walked, <laughs> I walked up to your woman in the Dole office, and I said, "Hey, I want to sign off the Dole." And she says, eh, "All right." She says, eh, "And what are you going to be?" And I said. A rock star. Hang <laughs> 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 on, there's a punch at the end. She wrote it in the file and she went, listen, best of luck. And I went, yeah, thanks. Right? <laughs> Fast forward, the band breaks up. Right? <laughs> I go back down to the door. <laughs> and I'm in the door and I'm in the queue and Gardner Street is packed with a big queue behind me. And up I go, and I'm very sheepish, sheepishly, and I go, hell yeah, uh, I want to sign on. <laughs> she goes, she gets out me file, and she goes, ah, you're your man that went off to be a rock star. And everyone <laughs> in the back of the line started cracking up laughing. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Never forget it. Billy, it you, ta- you talked about how Christy kind of said it how it was, but you, you've often been like that as well. You kind of let Louis Walsh know how you felt before back in July in the Late Late Show. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, I mean, that was that was an eye-opener. I mean, rock and roll is supposed to be rough, but I tell you, it's not as rough as the Eurovision song contest. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was so unreal what happened. I, I swear to God, basically... 
I was at, they found uh, there's mentors and they employ you as an RTA employee as a mentor. And you have to go off and find a singer and a song to represent Ireland. So, of course, I went to my mate, Don Mescal, who, who, who we know, who wrote Too Late for Hallelujah mm-hmm. for, for, for us. And uh, I said to Don, Don, I'm looking for, for, for a, a good song for the Eurovision. The problem with the Eurovision is that good songwriters, if they have good songs, they don't like giving them to the Eurovision because mm. unless it wins, that song is dead there. Nobody yeah. will touch it because it was it was in the Eurovision and done nothing. So it's it's a flop, basically. It could be the best song in the world, but once it doesn't win Eurovision, it's a flop. So anyway, Don, Don got, got, me, got me a great song. It was a real James Bond type team song. I had a, a brilliant singer called Laura O'Neill, a fantastic girl singer. And we went in and we're walking away and you had to do interviews and get the song recorded and do a video and all this under this. You were given a small budget from RTA to do all this, okay? So next of all, I see uh, Owen Quigg from The X Factor is one of the contestants. And I'm going, all right, okay. So the video that I did with Laura cost about 300 euro. The video that Owen Quigg did cost about 30 grand. <laughs> I could see this. So I'm going, hang on a minute. Who's, who's, who's funding him? And he had, on the day, he had a, your man, Sean, the famous hairdresser, doing his hair. He wasn't cheap. He was probably two grand a night or whatever. But I was wondering where all this money was from. Then I was told that Louis Walsh and Linda Martin were going to be on the, on the panel. And I flipped. I just lost it. Because we put weeks more, a lot of time into this. And I could see the way this was being panned out. The own Quig was going to win us. And it was going to, the Eurovision was going to be the relaunch of his career. And I wasn't having it. So the night before the late late, I went on radio and I said, listen, this is all a con. I said, it's a con. I said, Louis Walsh shouldn't be on that panel because he managed on Quig. I said, he has connections with him through the X Factor. I said, and Linda Martin is the same. When she was auditioning him for him, she picked on Quig to be in the boy band. Anyway, there was all this. And I said, oh, oh and Louis, Louis managed two of the acts, actually. There was a girl from a band called Wonderland. And she oh, yeah. there was on Quig and Horror. And I was saying, Louis shouldn't be on the panel. He managed two of the acts. That's not fair in my book. So of course, of I went out on a, I swear to God, I went out on the, uh, when I said that on the radio interview, the guy that was looking after Owen Quigg, he was built like a shit brick house. <laughs> and he said, you go back and retract that statement, what you said. And he was nearly going to batter me in RTA. I thought he was going to punch the head off me. I says, no, I'm not. He says, you're telling lies. I says, I'm not telling lies. I'm telling the truth. I says, the truth hurts. I says, you know I'm telling the truth. In fact, mm. I says, you worked on the X Factor as well. I said, I f- recently found that out. So there was all these connections. They were all connected. Anyway, on the night of the late late, lo and behold, uh, Ryan Tuberty says to me, uh, I believe you're not happy about something, Billy. And I says, yeah, Louis Wall shouldn't be on the panel. I said, he managed on Quig and he managed your woman, Casey, out of Wonderland. Casey Smith, yeah. Casey, that was it. And... Uh, Next of all, Linda Martin gets up. You're an odious little man. You're used to dealing with women that don't have a brain. What? 
and she's coming towards me. It's like she's going to box me. So I The pic, the picture's very funny of the two of you. Keep your hand. Do you know what? I have that. I have that picture because the staff that work on the Late Late Show gave me a presentation of that <laughs> No way. You should, frame, you should frame it and put it on the wall. Fair play to you. Fair play to you for up to your woman, you know. But look, it, 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 I could see it for what it is. Um, would I do it again? If I was asked to be involved in Eurovision again? No, definitely not. It was, it was uh, I just didn't like what I saw. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You know? Yeah. It was a mad time. It was mad. Jeez, it was mad. Yeah, mad. But, then, but there, there's the honesty and the and the genuineness and the and the authenticity that really though that that resonates yeah. with people, you know. And Absolutely, and, you, and yeah. you know, you've come out in the past defending the the hatred that so many Irish people have for you too. You know, you've you've yeah, never you've know, never yeah. backed down from just being known, and you know that's 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 no, so admirable. You, you see, you, ha- you, you have to you know you have to be honest about it. You know, you can't. People, people aren't Egypts, you know what I mean? In fact, mm. that's what we said. That's what we said to your man in BMG when he said there's no hits on the album. We actually said to him, we rang him and we said, so you're calling all the Irish people idiots. That <laughs> they, that song, this song is number one in Ireland. It's, it's, it's flying out. It's, it's on every radio station in Ireland. So you're calling the Irish people idiots, saying that there's no hits on the album. Anyway, look, it's just... We've always believed in what we do. We always stand by what we do. A lot of people you know, might, mightn't like that we support you too, but we do because mm. they're musicians. At the end of the day, it's only music, you know? <laughs> and people talk about you too and their, tax, their, their taxes. They pay tax. Do you know the money that they give to charity that, that you don't even see? Mm, All the plane true, yeah. the PPE gear that they brought in at the start of the pandemic. On the U2 plane, mm. nobody heard about that. But they were bringing in PPE left, right and centre and picking up the tab for it. There's all them things. There's loads that they do for charity that, that goes under the radar. And people pick up that they don't pay their taxes. Of course they pay their taxes. Their accountants have moved moved their uh, some of their, uh, their accounts to, to Amsterdam or whatever it is. But that's only business. Any business would do that. We'd do that if we were advised to do it. If we're making that mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Listen, yeah. you're going to say it, X and that, that, that. Of course you do it. That's, why it's, the, it's, that's why it's the music business, as you said. It is the music exactly, business. Yeah. And you have to have a hard neck. You yeah. have to have, especially now with social media, because, you know, your band are shit, your singer's a, a junkie, you're, you, you know, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. You, you, you get that. And, and that. That's social media. And if you're not, if you're not thick-skinned, and you let that get in on you, you can go into a very, very dark place. Do you know mm, what I mean? True indeed, some yeah. people are really nasty on social media. Mm. You, you, know, you deal with all the social it. media, Billy, don't you, with, uh, uh, for Aslan? Yeah. I, like, we all have our individual jobs. Mm. You know, um, My job would be like PR and social media, but I would do it in conjunction with someone that knows what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> I, 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 would just, I would be... The band's connection, you know, as yeah. in Chrissy, right? You've, you've an interview tomorrow on Today FM, or Chrissy, you're going to da da da. You need one person mm. that funnels through, so that one person mm, that can do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just chair. so it doesn't turn into a big mess. And exactly, exactly, mm. yeah. So uh, I do that. Alan does the accounts, Alan the drummer. He looks after the accounts and he deals with the accountants. And um, we've got a manager, Denise, who kind of oversees the whole thing. 
Uh, Joe looks after all studio things, all things studio, booking studios, recording. Joe would be there recording with the producer or sometimes mm. he'd be producing it himself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The last song, Hold On, we released, Joe did that himself in, in Jealous Town Studios. Yeah. So, uh, and Christy sings. He's got a hard job, Billy. He's to manage that lovely voice. <laughs> you know what? He has, he has, he, 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 you know, a lot of people don't know that Christy studied bel canto singing for about maybe 20 years. Wow. Every day going into this, going into the singing teacher before we went to the pigsty. Do you know what I mean? Wow. And he'd go in there from like 10 o'clock till 11 o'clock, say, whatever, you know. But yeah, he, 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 he really, uh, he's, he's a fantastic singer. Mm. He just, he has this voice. The minute certain people have it, the minute you hear Sinead O'Connor singing, you know it's Sinead O'Connor. You know it's her, yeah. yeah. The minute you hear, uh, minute you hear uh, Christy singing, you know it's Christy, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, to, and, and I know a lot of your listeners are not going to like this, especially as she celebrated her, her birthday on Monday, or her anniversary. But I always thought Dolores Ridden, Dolores O'Ridden was a, was a pale imitation of Sinead O'Connor. You know, I, I always mm. felt that. I always felt that Sinead was up, up, way up, mm. technically and just uniqueness. And Dolores O'Riordan was kind of, she kind of not imitated her, but she was just on her on her coattails. Do, do yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? yeah. Mm-hmm. No. It, it probably probably fair to say that she was. I mean, she would have been inspired. I mean, she would have been surely someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She looked up yeah. to Sinead. You know, yeah, yeah. if it wasn't for uh, Sinead, there wouldn't be. There probably wouldn't be that. There wouldn't be, yeah, cranberries, yeah. And, and, and I remember one time there was there was two gigs happening in Dublin, and uh, the cranberries were down the uh, the tree arena, and Sinead was in the Tivoli Theatre, and the Tivoli Theatre would hold about seven or eight hundred, and I just went, "Isn't that isn't that mad? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the yeah. Music business that you've got one of the the greatest Irish singers that Ireland has ever produced, and she's playing to eight hundred people." And then you've got yeah. the cranberries, and and then, no, I'm not slagging the cranberries. They're yeah, yeah. Zombie and fucking lingers. Mm. You still get goosebumps mm. uh, listening to that linger. You know, it's great. But um, it's just it's a funny. The music business is funny like that. You know, it it, it doesn't go the way you go. And uh, I, I, we're kind of happy with that because if we had a gone worldwide and broke, let's say Crazy World or This Is went on to be mad worldwide hits. Mm. Would we be still? Would we be still having a chat here now today? Would we be still? Would we still? Mm. Would we still be together? I don't think yeah. we would. I know what you, you mean. Know, yeah, I think, I think this road that we're on is just number one. It's very enjoyable. The gigs are, are coming back. Mm. There's a bit of a buzz mm. now starting to happen again. So it's yeah, it's it's you know it's 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 been very good to us for forty years. Yeah. You know, it, it pays the mortgage, pays the my son is starting college now and. and the end of September, he pay for his college. Jake, he Jake done media studies, so he's finding it hard to get a job at the moment. So he's in mm. a band, he's playing guitar in a band. In fact, I was up in Dundalk with him on Monday, and they were doing one of these LPSS gigs, uh, the live live performance support scheme gigs, oh, yeah. and they were up in the spirit store in Dundalk, and that's going to be out. So it was just, you know, it's it's I'm kind of very in a very very happy place at the moment. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. everything is is good. I think what a lot of people don't realise as well, Billy, is that 
you know, people see you on the TV and they see you've had number one albums or they've heard you on the radio, they think, ah, millionaire. Millionaire. Lives in a big mansion, has loads of cars and everything. But, you know, as you told me before, Asnan are a working band. You know, mm. you've, got a, you've got a mortgage, you've got bills to pay still. You know, people yeah. don't realise that, especially the music industry in Ireland. You know, you, you yeah. can't retire. You can't. You know? no, no way. Absolutely no way. There's no way you can. And like, Aslan, we can, we, can we can go to, as we say, we can go wherever the Irish are. So we can go into the UK and we can do gigs in the UK. We mm. can go to Australia. We can go to the East Coast of America, New York, Boston, Chicago. You step outside of them, them areas, nobody has a clue who you are. But you go mm. there and you, you can actually do decent gigs. You know, we've, we've been to Australia, I think, three times, three or four times. Loads of Irish over there. And they, what happens is they would bring their Australian mates to the gigs and, and they, that helps the gigs sell out. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. it's kind of, yeah, it's, we've, you know, as I said to you, you know, we don't want to be up there, up where, where is up there? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. We're, doing, mm. we're gigging, we're gigging, <laughs> we're writing, we're recording, we're happy. You know, we're, we're doing everything a band should be doing. Mm. It just depends on what level, do you, what level do you really want to go to? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. With, with what Peter said there, uh, Billy, and with that emphasis on a, a working band, we've had a global pandemic. Mm. You weren't working. What, what does that look like for a working, not working band? It's, it's unreal. We were 18 months out of work before we did our first gig outdoors in the INEC in Clarny to, to, to 200 people. That was three weeks ago. And to be just, for some, something to just stop so suddenly and you're just gone. What we, when it stopped, we went, oh, this is grand. We'll have two months off work and then we'll be back on the road and everything. And then the, the good gigs started to be cancelled. The Ivy Rooms, the Olympia, the Three Vicar Streets. And then we were in, we were in the UK and we were supposed to go back there and and then you start to get worried. And then all the time, you have to understand, all the time that Christy's still receiving chemo while this is going on. Mm-hmm. So at the back of my mind was kind of like, Jesus Christ, will Christy still be here when, when this pandemic is over? You know, when mm-hmm. you're lying in your bed at night and you're going, yeah. your head and you're, you're going around and you're thinking worst case scenario and you're going, what the fuck? What, the, what if Christy gets bad? And, and we can't gig. And yeah. we come out of the pandemic and we can't gig. What if we had our last gig? What if we had our last mm. gig and we don't even know we've yeah, had Yeah, I don't realise it yet, yeah. You know? Mm. You know, uh, it's so... Yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's so many bands out there, like, that ha- I know personally of bands that have knocked it on the head and the musicians are now driving for Amazon or the, or the Courier mm-hmm. or some of the work. Yeah. Because it's just, it's gone. What's going to happen is, even for pub bands, for bands that are playing pubs, I guarantee it that the, the, the promoters are going to offer the bands a lower fee. Yeah. And they're going yeah. to be saying things like, well, the, the, the footfall is not there, mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other, and the, mm. there'll be all sorts of excuses. So the fee you were getting before yeah. the pandemic I guarantee it won't be the same as when we come back. Oh, know, we, we've week. heard it all before, Billy. There's plenty of promoters that still owe us money that we'll never, ever see. And I'm sure you're the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there, is, there, is some, there is some crooks and gangsters yeah. out there, definitely. But, you know, you know, 
I tell you, we have a great manager. She knows. She puts them in our place, Denise. She's she's absolutely fearless. She is. That's what you want. That's what's needed. Yeah. She's <laughs> yeah. great. She, she, she has a pair of balls on her. I swear to God, she doesn't. We were doing the marquee in Cork uh, 2019, and Damien Dempsey was supporting us. And Damien ran over his set time. He was let's say he was supposed to finish at let's say he was supposed to finish at nine o'clock, and it was it was five past nine, and he was still on. Mm. So Denise, instead of going to the stage manager, she ran around the back and she found uh, Peter Aiken, the top man. Aiken <laughs> <Aiken> promotion. Walked <laughs> <laughs> into the office, Peter. It's five past nine. He's eating into Aslan's performance time. Get him off the stage now, Peter. Damien Dempsey's listening to this going. It was those bastards. <laughs> I was in the fucking. I was. I was in the heights with. <laughs> the old, the old style cane from the vaudeville just comes in and drags him off by the neck. <laughs> Christie's mic stand. He's done a few gigs with because he's kind of from the same tour yeah. He's from mm. the north side, and, and uh, he, he's great. He's a very, he's very intense, very passionate performer. Yeah. You know, he's, he's when he has the live band with him, oh my God, mm. he's brilliant. I've been to well, I, I prefer him with the band, you know. I've seen him live before and it was that night I realised that Damien Dempsey doesn't have fans. He has absolute fucking fanatics. fanatics. <laughs> you know, <laughs> people don't like yeah. him. They absolutely yeah. love him. You know, they and what a vibe. Yeah, adorable. Oh, it's great. It's uh, going to going to demo gig is like going to church. That's the, that's the only way to describe it. You know, it's but uh, it's great. And you know, just when you think of the musical talent that's out there at the moment, you know, for Ireland, the population of Ireland, we are producing so many bands that are punching way above on the international scene. You know, you got Gavin James, The Script, Cold mm. Lion, Villagers. Um, oh, it's oh, hosier as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hosier. Hosier. Oh, oh gee, mm. there's one. There's one by a hosier. But yeah. think about it. You know, for the population that we have, that mm. we're just punching yeah. way above our base. Music is in a very, very healthy position here at the moment. It really mm. is. You know, mm. the academic, they're flying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, they're signed to Capital Records. Dermot Kennedy. Yeah. Dermot uh, Kennedy, yeah. Dermot Kennedy. David Kennedy, you know, he's gone, he's gone through the roof. He's global. There was a guy I saw on, on uh, he used to be the singer Walking on Cars. Uh, oh, Pashihi. Pashihi, yeah. Yeah. yeah what a, a voice. Like, he's uh, Roisin, yeah. He's a bit of a Dermot Kennedy vibe. Yeah. Mm. But there's all these acts coming up. Do you know what I mean? And and it's, it's it, we're in a really, really healthy position. Yeah. So when gigs do come back, it's going to be, it's going to be mental. Like uh, as I said to you, we're doing the Olympia on a Monday night. It's a Monday night. It's Monday, it yeah. November. Brilliant. The gig is sold out. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Normally you wouldn't be gigging on a Monday night. So mm, it's the yeah, off, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's after the weekend because yeah. of all the rescheduled gigs that were supposed to happen in 2020, and they're all been kicked into mm. now. Yeah, yeah. It's 2021 or 2022. Is it 2022? So you're going to have you know gigs happen, happening on a Wednesday and a Thursday and. 
mm. you know, whereas they normally be weekends, you know. So it's 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 really healthy, really good. Two things that have struck me from from this chat, Billy. One is exactly what you've just been talking about there. There's still the passion for music within yeah. you there. You know, you're it's not like ah fuck it, we're gonna do our own thing and I don't care after that. And the other thing is the affection that you hold Christy with. I can see oh, it yeah. in you every time you talk. You know, yeah. it's 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 just something deeper than you know, he's the yeah. he's the lead singer of the band. No, no, it's 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 like you have to understand, you know, the band are forty years together and we've been through everything together. And it's you know, it's like it, it goes beyond friendship. It goes into another a different a different kind of a vibe, you know? Mm, and mm. like we have to wrap we have to wrap Christy in cotton wool and look after him because he is I know I don't use this lightly, he is unique. He he's 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 special. He's he's just a talent. Uh, I've never I've, when I'm on stage with him, it's just like it's just it's I can't describe how good it feels. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's the great thing about the live music because we've missed that over the past eighteen months. We've missed that buzz. Even hearing people clapping, just that, just that, yeah. just to hear that. Because mm, we were doing yeah. the live streams, and you're doing a live mm, stream, mm. and you finish the song, and it's just De- dead silence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't like the live stream thing at all. I really, I don't get it. It's not, and especially Chrissy as a singer, he feeds off the audience. Mm. You know, he, he, the audience, he feeds off them. And when there's no audience there, it's just, it's very flat. Yeah. No matter how good the band is, I just think it, it's, it's very flat. It's a sound check. <laughs> it is a sound it's check. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except you're supposed to be performed. But how, how can you perform to an empty theatre or an empty yeah. hall? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And funny enough, Billy, when, when I was talking to you there a couple of weeks ago um, on the radio, I put out Crazy World, the live version of it. And at the end of it, the, the crowd sing. Chrissy doesn't sing, but the crowd sing. And, you know, <laughs> this is going to sound a bit soppy. I kind of got a bit emotional because I haven't heard a crowd sing in, well, for me, it's been two years since I've been at a gig. I haven't heard a crowd sing that kind of call and response. And I thought, Jesus, I miss this. When you played that on the radio, I was listening. And <laughs> I got goosebumps because I haven't heard wow. that in such a long, long wow. time. Mm, I haven't heard the amazing. actual track. Yeah, yeah, you know? and of course. It's just it's it's great to hear that because um, it's it's just that's for me that's a magic part of the show. There's now, the audience when we gig. There's two songs where a hundred percent of the audience will join us. One yeah. is this is, and one is, is Crazy World. Now they will sing some of the others as well, mm. but but those two when when the crowd join you. You just get the goosebumps and the hairs yeah. on the back of the neck and you're just mm. going, wow, how good is this? Especially if you go across, if you're in France or Germany and they're singing it in their accent. That's not fucking Barry Moore or Fingless in the accent. Yeah, yeah. They're the special moments, I think, of 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 you know being in a band. That's when you get, you know, when you release a record. You you possibly radio stations don't play it. There's no feedback. 
But on on when you're live with the audience, yeah. straight away yeah. you get a you get a response. Mm-hmm. You know that's why we always try out. If we write a new song, we'll always try it out at gigs. We put it mm-hmm. in early in the set, and if people start talking or they're going to the jacks or they're going out to get a drink, there's something wrong it's with the chorus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, we need to we need yeah. to bring this back into the rehearsal <laughs> room mm-hmm. and work on it a bit more. And and, and, and and that's, you know, people, as I said to you, people see you up on stage for an hour and a half. They don't see you working on, on a song for two or three years, maybe. Yeah, no, of course, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember when This Is was written, it was up-tempo, and the chorus, uh, This Is was, These are the hands of a tired man, this is the old man shroud. And the chorus went, She won't go away. She won't go away. Now, how does oh, that wow. turn Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody hits you with this feeling. But over time, the, song, the verses are, the lyrics are good. Now, yeah. slow it down. Wow. And where, where Christy got the idea from was um, Annie Lennox. No one could ever be like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all yeah. alone with bliss. She used to do them tales. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. She went, oh, I can do it. Everybody. Yeah, there be an angel singing in my heart, that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was a little little thing he, he ripped from Annie Lennox. And where we got the beef from was, we got the beef from uh, uh, the Cars. You know, uh, Drive, when it was played on Live yeah. Aid. Dum, dum, dum. No, it starts. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Who's going to take you home? Wow. Bum, bum. So there's, there's, there's yeah. Yeah. hip hoppers, Billy. You're sampling. <laughs> before, before sampling was even in. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. But that, that's, that's their little things. But look, look, when you think about it, there is only eight notes in music. Mm-hmm. So. You know, everyone is kind of influenced by everyone. Yeah. You know, everyone. Of course. You know? Yeah. You know, so it's, you pick things up. When you're listening to stuff, you pick up things and you mm. subconsciously you wouldn't even realize that you're of picking them up. Yeah. But there you are. The lads are going to kill me now. I've given the secret out about this. That's a royalty's gone. Unless they're tuned into a mental health podcast, Billy, I'd say you're already. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably pretty safe. <clears throat> I said this to Peter <clears throat> about all the good work that Brezzy does on, on mental health. Mm-hmm. Mm. I have to say, I'm very impressed with what he does, you know. Yeah. He's, um, he's taken the time out to do it because there's nobody else really doing it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was surprised when Peter said to me, we're doing a podcast on mental health. I was going, really? Okay. I thought Brezzy was the only one mm-hmm. who was doing it. You know? So I have um, to say hats off to him, you know, because he's putting his time into it, you know, and, and uh, I hope he gets something out of us, you know, I really do, because he, he's a nice guy. Yeah, It'd be nicer yeah. if we got something over, to be honest, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like you know, uh, uh, you know, you do these things because you love doing them. Exactly. You know, I, yeah. I love talking about music, and if I can help one young band to avoid the mistakes that we made, mm. you know, mm. like I remember when we got signed, and you know, we were like we were like Oasis before Oasis were even formed. We were drinking down the pink elephant and da da da, and we kind of lost sight. We yeah. kind of lost ourselves for a while, mm. you know. And that's why Christy got into the drugs because he didn't drink, 
so he didn't really come with us when we went to club and our pub and oh, okay. so so he was he was going into a darker place but you know we've we've come out we went through the dark place and we've come out we've come out out of it on the other side but if we can help one band mm. to, to avoid mm. a little mistake that that we made that that we you know that could possibly cause them to break up yeah i'd be happy with that you know and you were saying there, Billy, your son is obviously in a band. What advice would you give him? Brilliant. Um, he's a better guitarist than me, I'll tell you that straight away. Um, <laughs> and they're writing great songs. Um, I've, I've told them, the, the bit of advice I give to any band, any young band, I always tell them, first of all, write your own songs. Don't do covers. Mm. Covers have been done. I said, da, da, da. Unless you're going to do, like, I mean, we've, we've done two covers. Mm. That we uh, Angie, the Rolling Stones, and uh, Wish You Were Here. Uh, they're two that are on Made in Dublin. Actually, but I think An- Angie is better than the Rolling Stones version. Yeah. Your version. Yeah. And, you know, you know, said that. and you sorry, mentioned the strings. It was a Rolling Stones song, did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to better the cover, you have to better the yeah. cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's it. And you, you do an exact copy of it. So, you mentioned the strings uh, you did, or the strings you brought into the, the gig. And, that was something that really stood out like, uh, for me. Yeah, yeah. That to it. yeah. But I say, I say to any young band, first of all, write your own songs, even if they're crap. They're your own. They mm-hmm. are your own songs. So, yeah. and and you'll get better at it. And then the other piece of advice I always give them is go out and gig as much as you can. Yeah, it's very yeah. very important. And that's the thing that Jake's band are missing at the moment. Like. They've released their first single and they're now about to release their second single, but they've yet to do their first gig. Wow, yeah. So when you release your first single, you, you should be playing small venues and trying to build up your crowd and all the rest. So, because when you gig, one gig, you learn more at one gig than you do in 10 rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And that's a fact. You know, you, You're you right. just learn. You, you learn. When you go in front of the mic, it's real. Yeah. You're in front of people. That's when... You know, as we call it, red light syndrome happens. You know, you're ready to go in the studio. Yeah. Red light goes on, then you fall to bits. Yeah. <laughs> 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 red light syndrome. But when you're in front of an audience, that's when it's real. Do you know what I mean? And so they're the two bits of advice. Write your own songs and gig, gig and gig and gig again. You get tighter. You get to know the people that you're playing with. You get, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's very important. Those two bits of advice. You know, you know, it, it's it's so easy to say no to this and no to that. Like Peter asked me to come on the podcast. It's it's a what what day is today? It's a Thursday night. Mm. I could have easily said, "Nah, Peter, I'm washing my hair." Sorry, you know, blah blah mm. blah. Hmm. Why would you do that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, music is my life. Music mm. is what I live. I eat. I breathe. I love talking about it. I talk about it twenty four seven. So when I'm asked to do a podcast or or whatever. And, and I've had people coming up to me, young fellas, and, and suddenly they're older, and they were saying, I remember I interviewed you down in college for the college paper, and now this fella's working for, writing for The Independent or something. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's those little little things mm-hmm. that they remember. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I always think it's, it's nice to be nice as well, because mm-hmm. you always have to be nice, because it, why would you be? I don't, I don't get the obnoxious and rude people. I just don't understand that at all. Yeah. I really don't. And Billy, that's probably one of the reasons why people love you and people love Aslan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Seriously. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Music no. to one side. You know, that's... Yeah. No, it's, it's great. Look, I mean, look, 
we'd done that Mullingar uh, gig t- uh, two weeks ago and it was great we finished the gig and there was a couple of musicians that were playing I'm sure they were from Mullingar mm-hmm. and we sat around and we had a few points and we got the guitars out everyone was gone and we were sitting there oh that's lovely and it was just it's the first time we've done that in, in, in 18 months and just wow. to be sitting there be having a point to be playing songs and just singing for each other there was about there was about 10 of us your mm. man the owner of the stables was there he was there and but, that, but that's a moment, Billy, that they will never forget. Absolutely. Oh, they will be telling everyone, oh, and this time we played, we had a fun night. Yeah, it was a warm yeah. night. Alan, the drummer, was, was on a cajon. He was kind of playing a box. Yeah. I was playing the guitar. And we were passing the guitar around. I sang a couple of songs. I sang, I sang Where's the Sun? And I sang Waiting for this Madness to End. Um, what else did I sing? Oh, I can't, can't think. But we were just passing the guitar around. And it was yeah. just... After the gig of Mullingar, just to be doing that, and just mm. to be chilling, having a pint. Well, it was Lovely. a warm night mm. at where the weather yeah. was great, and I was just like, you know, this is this is fantastic. You know? In a way, one, isn't one that's, moment, that's what music is about. Yeah, I was it just going to say yeah. one one of the moments that stands out for me, and and well, for me anyway, from when myself and Peter were as we were rappers, and one of the moments that stands out for me is we did a gig with Guru from Gangstar, who was, has passed away. And the greatest moment from that was after the gig, the nightclub turned into like a, a rock alternative kind of night. And we were backstage rapping with him over the Smashing Pumpkins that was playing in the nightclub. You know, mm, and their, their moment great. you take away and go, this is, yeah, this, this is yeah, a yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and that band the will take that moment away mm. of going, yeah. well, I mean, Billy was look, singing, he had the guitar. You want to go down mem- good, good memories? I mean... Um, we, we've been very fortunate to, uh, to have recorded with Damien Dempsey. Um, he came into the studio and sang uh, Bullets and Diamonds with us. Uh, we recorded with um, Alabama Tree. You know the Alabama yeah, yeah, Tree? Yeah. Yeah. to the Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we recorded with them. They actually sampled Crazy World and, and they released it in the UK called How Can I Protect You? Uh, and then we were very fortunate to do two tracks with Sinead O'Connor. On, on the Waiting for This Madness to End album. You too covering This Is. She did um, all, She's So Beautiful, didn't she, Billy? She, she did, did the vocals in that, yeah. She also did Open Arms. Mm. She also did Open Arms. Yeah. But they are moments, they are memories that nobody can take away from you. True, yeah. You know, that when you're, you're in the studio and yeah, you're just going... That's Sinead O'Connor singing. You're the fan. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's Alabama Tree. <laughs> and we were fans of Alabama Tree. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just, it, it, you know, it's it, they're, they're the supporting Bowie, uh, mm. supporting Elton John in in, in, uh, in Killarney in, in the stadium down there, uh, supporting Joe Cocker in Brighton. Wow. Um, oh, just... Uh, just, and, and the list goes on and on and on yeah. you know what I mean we did a European tour with Stiff Little Fingers my god Jesus. just as well social media wasn't around <laughs> <laughs> they were nuts Jake Burns and, and Stiff Little Fingers what a tour it was brilliant it was rammed mm. and, and EMI at the time they went no Stiff Fingers are not the band for you they're not the band to go on tour with they're definitely not not your crowd Absolutely, our crowd. We went down the storm. <laughs> we went down the storm. It was brilliant. 
but yeah, there's all like those memories are, are, are you know, nobody can take them away from you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether you like Aslan or whether you don't like Aslan, mm-hmm. I've had a great time over the past 40 years. It's never been dull. Mm-hmm. It's always been very exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with the dark, with the dark times, and with the good times, with the good times as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's been a great it's been a great roller coaster, it really is. And it's not finished yet. Next year yeah. is our fortieth year, and we're going to get finally get to play a venue that we haven't played. And it's possibly one of the biggest venues, indoor venues in Dublin. But you can't tell us. Put on the next year. And yes. that's exciting. Brilliant. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. You know? Can't wait for that. Brilliant. You know? Billy McGuinness. Stepping on that edge and just going, wow. <laughs> you know, we're still getting away with it. <laughs> it's because other bands, I'm sure, you know, that, that have fallen by the wayside, I'm sure they're saying, what keeps them going? you know what drives them you know Mm. know, all the bands that have broken up and we're still here and they're just I'm sure they're going you know what 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 are they on what what, what buzz are they on (laughs) just just to clarify that there Billy (laughs) (laughs) have they not heard the whistle yet <laughs> but just no, just no, before we good. before we leave you, Billy, what does drive you? You know, what does give you that kind of motivation? It's music. It's music. Just the love uh, of music. Yeah, my dad. My dad was in the Nevada show band, which your listeners would back in the show band days. There was like the Big Eight, and the Dixies, and and the Nevada show band, and the Miami show band. My dad was mm. in the bass player in the Nevada show band, so I kind of grew up. The way Jake and Liam are growing up with, with amps and guitars and mm. pianos and that all lying around. And that's where I kind of got the love of music from. And it's just, I just, I just absolutely adore it. I love it. It's, I haven't worked, in the past 40 years, I haven't worked. Yeah. It's been pure, it's been pure enjoyment, you know? Yeah. If you can yeah. find something you love and you can make a job out of it, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. Yeah. You'll never work a day in your life. That's yeah. True. That's true. And I, I'm lucky to have, to have found that, you know, you yeah. know, and it, it, it is, as I said to you, people see it on stage for the hour and a half. There is dark times and there is mm-hmm. hard times, you know, they don't see if I can drive an eight hours between, uh, where was it? Perth? Was it a 12, 12 hour drive? Perth and, and Brisbane or something. We did a drive across Australia. I was in the back of the van in oh, Smiths. They don't see them time. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Even, even then, it was it was good fun, you know. But uh, no, it's great. And and as I said, next year now is, is exciting for us because it's a big year. It's our fortieth birthday, and it's going to be lots of lots of good gigs and lots mm. of you know lots of fun. Brilliant. Yeah. Billy, one of the things I've always said, and I've, I've said it on the podcast a couple of times, I, and I say it to clients when they're they're talking about something, they're like, oh, Jesus, you know, I, I know I shouldn't be talking about this. I always say I'm passionate about people that are passionate about something. I could listen to anyone talk about anything for any amount of time as long as they're passionate about it. And listening to you, as I said, I got goosebumps as we're talking about this because that passion and that genuineness and that authenticity just radiates from you and the love that you have for the music still you know you're not fucking this just hasn't beat you down like you know you're not walking away from this cynical going oh what we what we could have been what we should have been you're like no i still fucking love it still i'll still get in the van i'll still get on stage 
You know, I think it's a test of any musician. Oh, you could have been the next U2. You could have been this. Yes, stop. Leave it. And we're we're happy. We're happy. We're Mm. still here. We're making music. There's so many people that aren't still here. You're right. So many people have died or have given up or, you know, you know. So, you know, I I just, I, as I said to you, social media can be very nasty. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to be, you just we just get on with it you know what I mean and you have to yeah if, if they take the time to go on your social media and slag it off my god what's what sort of a brain we've discussed it here before you there's something wrong with somebody if they do that you know so yeah. you, you'd feel sorry for them um, like yeah. I, I get it every so often on the radio you just get a random text going you're shit or something yeah. and you go alright well look what, what's wrong with your life that you need to get in touch with me to try and put me down you know what I mean maybe I am shit but I'm having mm. fun you know what I mean I'm enjoying yeah, exactly. lots of other people yeah. enjoy what I do but you know you have to worry about the people who feel the need to get in touch with you and say this you know yeah, what I mean about the young people young people receiving messages you know, uh, mm. you know especially about their the, the way they look or, or their you know uh, their appearance and um, and, and whatever. I, I just there's a lot of people out there that uh, that can't deal with with with, with negativity. You know, and mm-hmm. I feel sorry for them. You know, yeah. And uh, it's 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 tough out there. As I said, you didn't have social media when we were when we were mm. rocking away. So you could yeah. do what you could do. Even now, you have to be so PC. Everything is PC mm-hmm. because you get destroyed. On social media, if you do anything, yeah. out, out the cancel life. culture, yeah. cancel culture. Yeah. If mm-hmm. they had social media back in the eighties, you'd be ringing, picking me up from uh, Pier Street garden station. Be arrested, who again? Are we a Billy? Are we lads? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, yeah, it is what it is, you know. It's a good tool, actually. I, I, you know, a lot of our, a lot of the tickets that we would sell to gigs now are sold through social media. Mm. Whereas before, you used to have to spend X amount advertising in newspapers and magazines and mm-hmm. taking out radio mm-hmm. ads and yeah. da, da, da. We don't do that anymore. So all that advertising budget is gone, and it's just social media. Brilliant. You just put, yeah. put your gig up and. Tickets available. Direct to the fans. Yeah. 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 And that, that's that's the plus of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's actually, you're saving on that advertisement budget that you used to have to spend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Billy, we won't take up any more of your time. You're an absolute no gentleman. Thank you so Thank much God. for coming on and talking to us. This has been incredible. And oh, we uh, it, yeah. oh, we oh, did. Look, Jesus, Billy, I'm buzzing after this, Billy. <laughs> we we could honestly talk to you till all hours, but look, I know. You see, I've forty years of music to talk about, yeah. so I could, yeah. I could sit absolutely here and just mm. grab it on and on and on and on. No, do Billy, we love it. We I absolutely love it. Yeah. And, Billy, uh, I, I just want to—I just want to express my gratitude because, as you said, you could have been at home washing their hair. You don't know yeah. us. You don't know us anything. Who are we? You haven't a clue. Yeah. But you know, a testament to your character. That you're like, well, I'll come on. Yeah, I'll have a chat. We'll talk yeah, about mental yeah. health. We talk about music. No problem at all. So, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you. Thank, thank you. you for just, yeah. I suppose, being being yourself and just being being so authentic. 
Good. Thank you very much. I hope your son enjoyed it as well, did he? Oh, I loved it. This was great, honestly. He's just soaking it in. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. He's supposed to ask questions. I think he got one in there. I think, no, <laughs> Cameron became a listener. See, that's the journalist student. He was. <laughs> he knew the question to ask. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that one. That was yeah. Cool. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. No, listen, thanks to the three. Thanks for having me on. Really, thanks so much. It's, it's great gigs are coming back. And as I said to you, we're in Mitchellstown. Um, Saturday and Sunday to 200 people mm. the Independence Festival and then the government are picking up the bill yeah. for the whole they're doing something the whole mm. yeah. well at least they're doing PSLC. something I suppose mm. but you see they, they, it's really a PR exercise for the government yeah. they have to be seen to doing something yeah too little but too late what they're doing is these, these gigs won't work after, after once the LPSS stops that's it so hopefully on the 20 on the 22nd of October when restrictions are ended, I hope the government stand by what they're doing and it's 100% capacity independent. Mm-hmm. It has to be 100%. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, it has to be, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or else we're effective for next year. If we go into next year on our 4G year and, and, and we're running at 60% capacity or something like that, well then, those gigs that I was talking about won't be happening because mm. they just really won't be worth our while. No, mm. they won't be, no. Fingers crossed, fingers, fingers crossed. Hopefully, anyways, yeah. Fingers best of luck to you, Billy. Absolutely. Really hope. Thank really hope. you. And I'll, I'll see you at a gig. I'm sure we'll be down your neck of the woods. Absolutely. Yeah. See you there. <laughs> I, I'm going to try and, I'm going to try and get crashed to be sitting in the, sitting in the back <laughs> of 10 people just listening. <laughs> Billy, <laughs> Billy, remember me? Remember me? Who <laughs> <laughs> you fucking are. I remember this lad from 15 gigs, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I remember the mental health podcast and we didn't talk about mental health. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was straight talking this crazy world we hope you like what you heard if you do give us a rating subscribe you can leave a comment or if you think someone you know would benefit from this podcast by all means share it with them stick it on your social media pages it could make a big difference in their lives and if you want to check back to some of the older episodes you can do it after 60 odd episodes there on uh, everything from depression anxiety self-esteem there's loads in there there's other people's stories that will just absolutely blow you away and uh, we'd love to hear from you as well if there's anything you want us to cover discuss if you have a story to tell we'd love to hear from you You can get in touch by email hello at smhpodcast.com you can find us on twitter at uh, what's the new twitter handle you just said it, STMH Podcast. <laughs> just came and out STMH with your STMH Podcast, yeah. okay, there you go. That's, that's what we are on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook as well, of course, we're on Instagram. And uh, big shout to Fiona Bryan for the podcast music. Uh, Fiona, actually, here's one for you. Mm-hmm. Fiona gets a shout out every week for the podcast music. Mm. I co-created the fucking podcast and I never get I a shout out. I said a few weeks ago. No, no, no. I said as your piece took the sample... Uh, Fionn no, no, did the beats no, there. No, Peace no, took the sample in there at the end. You're not even no, listening to the fucking end. Never, no, no, no. <laughs> never, never mind Peace took a sample in. Pete co-created the podcast and he gets no who, credit who, every week. Who created, no credit, who created no the created. template? Who created that? Who's the one every week? You used to be the host. Big shout out to Fiona Bryan, FOB Beats. He hooked us up with the music in the top mm-hmm. of the tales. That's right, you yeah. You left yourself did. out, man. The, the, the template is from you, Peter, even when it was yeah, forwarded left, to me. You it's from us, you. You left yourself out. Oh man! Have a like, fucking go at yourself, man. Hold on for you, a second. You. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to get in touch with Microsoft and say there should be this function called Edit on a Word document, <laughs> which go. people yeah. can 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 redo. You know and what I mean? And save it now. down themselves. How are we supposed to know? You don't tell us. 
Not fucking mind readers. Yeah, we're, we're, read, we're just reading up. your template. <laughs> credit, credit where credit is due. Cheers. I was, I was no, going to come in and be on. Thank you. No, no, before we go further now, I just need to make a point. I was like, he's had to be in a bollocks now, will I? It's like, no, but you know what? I'll be the bigger person here. And I go, Peter, I thought you would have touched upon it in your smiles. You left out a little bit of news. The news? What news? Am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? Could be, I don't know. <laughs> was there a little nomination for something recently? Ah, thank you very much. I there did, you yeah. Go, yeah. yeah. Thank you Dick so much, man. Don't be fucking yeah. coming at me, fucking clap back. I'm a fucking <laughs> clap back with kindness and generosity, motherfucker. <laughs> I love for a second. You can't say well, you're everyone. going to be the bigger. You can't say you're going to be the bigger person and then gloat about being. Nah, the bigger but I had person. to make sure you knew about it. You took a fucking swipe when you don't need yourself to blame. Don't be coming at me with your displaced anger. <laughs> you want to hate someone? Hate yourself. <laughs> That's next week's episode. Tune in for that. <laughs> Tell us your news um, on the outro. Fuck me, this is long episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is, yeah. Apologies. Um, yeah, so I got shortlisted for a radio award, uh, which is pretty cool. It's for, Imro um, Award. <laughs> yeah, Imro, the Imro National Radio yeah. Award. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Irish music um, here. There you go. Thank you, Cammy. Thank you, Alan. And the show, um, what, were you, what were you nominated for? Um, the show is a show I do on Saturdays uh, from 11 on Midlands 103. And uh, there's a little, a little segment I do in the show where... You'd love it, Alan, actually, if you ever listened. Um, it's where I go into the vaults where we keep all our our uh, vinyls, our reel-to-reels, our cassette tapes, and I dig out really old records and show you how to resample to make into newer records. Yeah, nice. And sometimes I'll just break down the whole track and recreate it from the original sample and then play the song. So it's pretty cool. So let's That's say, you know, one. Christina Aguilera, Ain't No Other Man, you know, you, you get to get the original samples from that produced by Primo as well and uh, kind of make them up um, Fat Boy Slim you great crack making them with the mm. Lord Finesse sample right about now there's funk no other than brother. the yeah, Funk yeah. Soul Brother you know what I mean and then uh, uh, oh like there's loads like there's loads of um, bands nowadays that sample uh, yeah. as we were just talking to Billy about yeah, yeah. I was only thinking I must do that now actually you know? sample the I must get the cars <laughs> and mix that drum in with the this is but um yeah so now i have a bit of fun with it every week so well done, i put man. that well together done. and uh it, it got recognized so which is which yeah, is pretty cool play. so i'm up against a lot of nationals and that so look to get the nomination is cool because um look you, you, you kind of get a pat on the back to say you're you're doing it right plus i have a little yeah, ritual i have a little ritual every time i get nominated whereas i go to my favorite restaurant get a takeaway and get a our favorite bottle of wine and we enjoy it that night. Could be like a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night. So, to be honest with you, I enjoy the wine and the food more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that, that's my play, ritual. Thank you so and, much. And thank you thank for you. helping Fionn with the beat that everyone is about to hear. I'm carrying that, man. I'm carrying that. <laughs> anyway, we're going to leave the last word with Aslan's Billy McGuinness. It's going to be a long one. Uh, it's going to be a long <laughs> one. And uh, we'll chat to you next week. Enjoy. Every guest that comes on, we... We invite them to offer some words of wisdom, some life lessons learned, uh, a motto to live by, just something that they've taken from this life. Outside of the music biz, and obviously, you know, you've, you've reached 61 years on the planet, a fresh face. 60. 61 years, 40 years with Aslan. I think you, you get out of it what you put into it. Mm. You really do. Mm-hmm. And, it, 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 you know, if you, if, if you put 100% into what you're doing, you'll definitely get some, some type of payback. I think. That's mm. worked for me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely worked for me. 
Mental health. 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 Mental health.